Well, this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcome you to episode 164 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify, as well as airing from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time, Monday nights on Overkill Radio. And according to my t-shirt, it's fucking Rusev Day. So happy Rusev Day to everybody. <laughs> nice. So let's get nice. started with Previously On. So previously on the Shred Shack podcast, we had talked about Motorhead's cover of Heroes, and god damn it, I still get to listen to it. Same here. So God damn it. So it's gonna be on previously on again. Uh-huh. It's gonna be our Chinese democracy of previously on. No, it won't be that bad. I, I, <laughs> I ain't giving nobody no free Dr. Pepper, so <laughs> all right. Also we had we had talked about uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, brought to us by Odyssey, and we were curious of what Odyssey was. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they were, who who are they? What do they do? And our best Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. And here I have their Wikipedia page. And Odyssey was previously known as Radio.com, and they are a free broadcast and internet radio platform owned by the namesake company Odyssey Incorporated, formerly known as Entercom. Uh, the Odyssey platform functions as a music rec- uh, recommender system and is the national umbrella brand of the company's radio network, aggregating its over 235 local radio stations across the United States. In addition, the service includes thousands of podcasts. It was originally created by CBS Radio and was acquired by the former Entercom as part of the company's takeover of CBS Radio. The service's main competitors are rival station group iHeart Media's iHeart Radio and TuneIn. Uh, yeah, pretty much they are in the same vein as iHeartRadio. So it sounds like something that we can we can explore. Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely something to look into. Bueno, bueno. Yes. Previously on the podcast, we had mentioned Neville Hex. Um, she was unfortunately the uh, woman who was uh, murdered in, I believe it was Norway, with the bow and arrow attacks recently. Yes. Um, she was uh, married to a member of a, of a band, oh. and she had her own projects going on. Um, so in general, um, when I listened to it, I wasn't ex- didn't really know what to expect. Uh, she's not exactly a singer, as she's more kind of like – it was almost kind of, kind of like chanting uh, with a little bit of melody. Uh, but it was pretty. It was pretty good. Actually, I I enjoyed it because it was like very um, atmospheric with the music, okay. and her voice kind of very much um, fit the music very well. So again, it was pre- it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So I might check it out a little bit further. I I didn't listen to it, so I I can't contribute to this one. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And then. Yeah. Last but not least on the previous on, we had mentioned that Bruce Dickinson is coming out with a new podcast uh, with a psychologist, and they are inter- they are going deep into like certain uh, aspects of like psychology and like talking about like real killers and like the, the mentality of real killers and fictional killers, and they talk about like the number of the beast and stuff like that, of course. Um, so I listened to the first episode, the only one that's available, um, and it was pretty good. 
it's pretty good. I think I need to re-listen to it because I think I zoned out here and there. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, I have to get past like uh, their accents because, of course, yeah. they're, 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 both guys are British, and the, the guy that's with with Bruce is uh, very British. Like his <laughs> his accent is to the point where it's like almost like if it feels like a parody, but I know it's not. So yeah. it, it, that kind of threw me off a little bit. So I think I really just need to go back and just go in fresh again. Okay. Um, but again, I'll probably follow up with it because I did enjoy it. And I, I, I'm falling in love with podcasts as a whole now. So. Right on, right on. Okay. But that's so it for Previously that, On. That's it for Previously On. So let's, let's go on to old business. We have no old business today. All right, then let's go on to new business. And with new business, we talk about new album releases, of which I am prepared. No shit. God yeah. forbid. You want to go first, well, then, seeing that you are prepared? Uh, well, you're going you're gonna to go first, and I'm going to contribute where – because some of our stuff kind of uh, overlaps. Okay, okay, gotcha. All new right, stuff. so – First thing up, I listened to a uh, Bleed the Future, which is a uh, a new album from a band called Archspire. Um, technical death metal. It's it's pretty great. Um, definitely not your cup of tea as far as the vocals go, because it's very very cookie monster. But in general, the music was fantastic. It was like they are lightning fast and super tight. Uh, so it was definitely something worth listening to if you're a fan of like technical death metal, mm-hmm. uh, as I am. So, like, that was definitely worth a listen. Uh, listen to a new Bellacore record, uh, Coherence. And Bellacore is one of the bands I think Pete brought to our attention back when he was involved with the podcast. I think it was also one of the bands that was in his top three a while back. That may be, that may be true. I can't remember. Um, they were pretty good. Um, don't, don't have many details on it. Um, but the next one I listened to, and Jesus Christ, this one, oh, it was trash. It was so trash. Limp Biscuit, the appropriately titled, still sucks. Okay, I, I have, I have, I have a thing to say about this album. All right, go. So, it really feels like they, like they had this one, one song, and that was Dad Vibes, and they, they were like, oh, suddenly like people are paying attention to us. We have to put something out, and they just put out this, this really short record of of just like partial tracks it, mm. it doesn't feel like a complete album just it it feels very thrown together like this this is like their first album in what nine years or something like that and plus yeah like, yeah, like 10 years or so it seems so thrown together at the last minute that like it's it seems pointless i don't even know why they didn't well and, i man like i I, one of the things that we had talked about in, about certain bands is when you listen to them, even bands from the seventies, where they don't sound dated like at all. They're still they're still very viable. This band is dated as fuck. They have not changed in twenty years, and it's it's a bad thing. It's a yeah. very bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's not good. It's 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 trash. I could like I got through about half of it, and then I had to stop because it was just that bad. It was. I, I, I heard the whole thing, so you 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 are a uh, yeah. That's punishment. I don't know what you did to deserve that, but you punished yourself. I I sure did. I sure did. But it, it was it was for the sake of the of the sake of the art. 
this is, this is how I suffer for this for this this hobby of mine. Yeah, for that is definitely yeah suffering for sure. Um, just to get off this subject, we change, I listened to uh, Beast and Black, their new album Dark Connection, and man, they are pretty goddamn cheesy, but it was okay. Like this, like power metal type shit, but it was it was cheese. It was cheese. Um, to kind of make myself feel a little bit better, I listened to some black metal from uh, Ghost Bath, their new album called Self Loather. That was quite good. And then to listen to a band, to listen to a person who kind of is also, I want to say stuck, stuck in a sound, but you just know who it is once you listen to it. And that's Jerry Cantrell, his new album, Brighton, which you listened to last time. Yes. Um, and I did find it to be pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't, like, it had, like, some of the vibe of, um, of, uh, Alice in Chains, but a little bit, like, mellower, um, so again, it was good. I enjoyed it. It's it's good for what it's good for what it is, but like it still doesn't like. I I wouldn't rate it above his previous two solo. Oh albums. no 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 definitely not definitely yeah. not. It's it's just it, like it's it, it's it exists. It's good. I can't. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing could be pretty much said for for John Five's new album Sinner. I mean, you know what you're gonna get with a John Five record. It's gonna be. Um, just guitar noodling and just wizardry and pretty it's pretty self-explanatory but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's still very good Mm -hmm. you know this is he's one of those guys that like again like an Yngwie Malmsteen or Joe Satriani or Steve I you pretty much know exactly what you're going to get but it's not going to be bad yeah um didn't write down much for the for this one because it's I guess kind of in passing but uh the new Whitechapel album came out uh, I don't even have the title written down here, but um, you know that came out. I listened to that. I listened to the new Ad Infinitum uh, album, uh, Chapter Two: The Legacy, or just Legacy. Um, got some strong Evanescence vibes from these guys, which would explain one of my albums of the day later on. Um, but I enjoyed it. You know, I, I enjoyed Evanescence, and I enjoyed these guys, so it was good to listen to. Mm-hmm. I wish I remember this. I like. I remember enjoying this. This Next record, I just wish I wrote down more about it. Uh, but Omnium Gatherum, their album Origin, was really good. I really enjoyed the shit out of it. I just wish I wrote down more to to say, you know? Yeah. Because I've listened to a lot of things since then, so it's not like fresh in my mind, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. One thing I listened to a little bit closer to the to the recording of this podcast was the new Diablo uh, Swing Orchestra, their new album Swagger and Stroll Down the Rabbit Hole, number one. Great album title. Number two, I've always heard about the Diablo Swing Orchestra, and I had no idea what to expect. And I was pleasantly surprised by what I got. In all honesty, I was I was pretty pumped listening to them. They're, they're, they're a fun band. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun to listen to, and especially because like I listened to it, it was the album, it was my album of the day, and then the next day, Pat did too. Yeah, that was that like that just says something that the two of us were on the same wavelength for that one. Um. The last one that's that oh two I can listen I got two more. Um, the last one is the Emma Ruth Rundle record. Uh, we both listened to that one, I believe. That and was a great record. Yes, it was. It was super good. It was super it was, good. It, it like basically it's it's singer songwriter with either piano based or acoustic guitar. 
and like each song was like really eerie and soothing kind of like kind of kind of sucks you in but but it's gonna kill you yeah you know? it was it was great it was really good and you know what it made me think of is i don't know if you listened to it but i think it was like a year or two ago uh witchcraft released their album black metal which i think is just a singer of witchcraft with an acoustic guitar and he's doing some like really eerie fucking stripped down shit and it's I, fucking beautiful i have the album i've heard one song from it um i haven't listened to the rest of it because i'm still obsessed with the album nucleus so oh uh, yeah yeah for sure for sure but like that the thing is like that this album by emma ruth rundle has the same kind of vibes um mm. so that like if you if you really like the emma ruth rundle one check out black metal for sure you'll love it and the last one I listened to was the newest one from Gaul's Word, uh, The Humming Mountain. Um, and that was actually in the same vein as the Emma Ruth Rundle one. I was very surprised by that. Um, like, it was very much melancholy uh, acoustic music. And it wasn't like his extreme metal shit that he used to do. Uh, it was quite good. So yeah. if, you, if you listen to those back to back, I think you'll be in, in good shape. I, I, I don't think you noticed, but I did Gaul's Word two days before you did. No shit, I did not notice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right, so so that's that's two for us. Yeah. Yeah. So because Gaul's Word, um, I had I had not heard of. Did a little research. Uh, former singer of Gorgoroth. That's um, right. I was wondering um, what the I forgot what the band was that he was in. Yeah. Um. So Norwegian black metal um, with some some like a lot of softer material. There is some black metal on there for sure. Um, but what got me going was the fact that like it was it was atmospheric. It was a lot more varied than just you know some of the some of the the staples of black metal. Um, and the fact that it was mostly clean vocals that that really got to me as well. I was like, this is really awesome. I, I really yeah. enjoyed. It. So I thought I thought that was. Great release. Yeah, it was I, I was I was pretty I was pretty pleased with the new album releases uh, for the last two weeks. Yeah. So, um, I got a couple things I got a couple things beyond that that I got awesome. that I, I can talk about. Um, you're gonna you're gonna add this to your um, either your Spotify or find it on Bandcamp, but it's uh, by Scarecrow called "Raise the Death's Head" or "Raise Death's Hand." I'm not sure. Yeah. One of those two, um, but apparently it's made up of members of Exhumed and Death Angel. Oh, cool! Um, and it's thrash metal, sounding um, kind of like um, like Testament or Anthrax. Um, I like I love the vocals, um, just because they weren't like you know they weren't like shouting at you or anything like that. Only downside is I felt the vocals were a little, a little low in the mix, so okay. it was hard to hear them. But musically, on point. Like like great modern day thrash. Nice. I'm totally that. Um, Memoria Avenue, uh, self titled album. Um, it's AOR rock or AOR metal, if you want to call it that. It's Frontiers Records, so you know it's like it's, yeah, like yeah. A, it's that keyboard drenched kind of like you know cheesy um, uh, for the for the middle aged band kind of thing um but it was it was it was all right for what it was um then born home with uh apotheosis 
Uh, oh yeah, I had that in my queue um, on Spotify, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it. How was that? It was it was good. Um, black metal. Yeah, can't say much more than that. It, it didn't it didn't strike me in particular uh, as anything um, out of the ordinary. It was uh-huh. it was you know modern black metal. So. Gotcha. Um, I listened to Like Moths to Flames, Pure Like Porcelain. Uh, okay. It was an EP. Uh, American Metalcore. Uh, so you, you know you know what you're getting on that one. Um, again, nothing nothing particularly stood out about them, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I listened to the new EP from Son of Sorrow, who, um, if you saw uh, our Instagram, I I contributed to their Indiegogo, and um, they're actually from, I believe, Spain. And they were originally only shipping to Europe, and they made an exception and shipped to me in the U.S. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, I, I offered to pay extra to get them to ship it to me in the U.S. Um, I, don't think, I don't think they ended up taking the extra because they made enough in the Indiegogo to ship to me. Um, but their new EP, No Hope for the Fallen, it's gothic metal. Um, it, it sounded a lot like... A lot like where bands like Sentenced or very similarly Poison Black, it sounds like where they left off, these guys picked back picked up. Yeah, that's what that's when you, when you said Gothic Metal, that's who popped into my mind first was was Poison Black and Sentence, like right away. Yeah. So I, I listened to the new EP, which uh, has male and female vocals, um, but the first full album, which also I I ended up getting as well, um, that that was strictly male vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of a female vocalist for this one and it you know it's really good so i'm gonna make mention of it again later on when we get down to one of our further sections so cool um, um what i forgot to mention this one i'm sorry if i'm interrupting you but lucifer four? Oh yes 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 that was that was that because like you know i i am a am a sucker i'm a sucker for these retro rock bands, especially with a with a woman singer, and yeah. this band fucking nails it. They fucking nail it. They knock it out of the park. It's such a good record. They're such a good band. Um, yeah, that was that was that was another really good one that I forgot to mention earlier. Yeah, I, I remember I remember listening to their second album around the time it came out, and that was really goddamn good. So. Um. But what else? Uh, well, let's go through our Instagram first, and then if there's anything else extra that we've been listening to. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good okay. idea. Um, so going I back no to... Um, let's, let's go back to about Halloween. And I don't think any of us, any of the two of us, had anything for Halloween that this year. Um but we had the guys did Ice Nine Kills, Ghoul, and Halloween, which was very fitting for for the day. So thanks for thanks to the, the the rest of the guys for doing that. Um, November first. Uh, let's see, what did you do? You probably did Abigail, King Diamond. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I was uh, just a day late to the ho- to the holiday uh, special there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I pulled up the the Abigail. Okay. Um, next up, which one would you have done on this one? 
man, it had to it probably it had to be oh yeah, Wilder Run band. Uh Wilder Run, the band um the, this is I think one of those things where I came across it in my um in my Spotify I was like, you know, because you listen to this, you should listen to this. I'm like, hell yeah, that's a beautiful fucking album cover. I'll listen to that, sure. Mm-hmm. So obviously seeing you know, I didn't remember that I fucking did it and I didn't write it down, which I should have. Um yeah, it was probably good. <laughs> like I got nothing to fucking say, unfortunately. Um, for that day, I did uh, Circuline Counterpoint. So there, so I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, um, I, it's, this has to do with face, Facebook, Facebook's algorithm. Um, but it just, it, I keep seeing the sponsored posts from the band Circuline. And it's like, you know, you pay for the shipping, and we'll send you our CD for free. Uh-huh. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I'll check them out. Might as well. Um, and I Spotify their album. It's progressive metal. It's uh-huh. moodily, you would like it. Um, very melodic, kind of like uh, along the line of Fate's Warning or like older Dream Theater. Like... Uh-huh. Um, Images and words change the seasons. Following oh, like that kind of that kind of vibe. They were still kind of finding the groove, like before they hit the really heavy stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think you'd really like that record. So. Cool. Uh, what was that again? It's, uh, Circuline. Circuline. The album's called Counterpoint. Counterpoint. All right. I'm gonna start. I think I should start making a um, a podcast playlist here for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, just on stuff that we talk about that we should look into, you know what I mean? Yeah. Line. Counterpoint. Sounds good. All right, and here we go. New playlist. Next one up. Uh, okay. You probably picked Jerry Cantrell because yeah, that was that was the yeah, the new one. Um, I did Genesis Invisible Touch because. Ooh. Fuck yeah, Genesis. Um, this is the one with um, uh, obviously the title track, uh, Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Land of Fucking Confusion, of course. Love that song. Um, I I actually much prefer the original to um, any cover I've heard. You uh, talk about Disturbed specifically? Disturbed specifically, because that's how I that's how I first heard the track. Um, I I had the album Invisible Touch a long time ago on CD, but I never paid any attention to it. Um, but then Land of Confusion, I heard it from the Disturbed version, and then obviously hear the original version, and I just, you know, I like, I like Phil Collins' voice, I like Genesis, I like, I like them, like, it's, it's great. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, then up next, uh, Lucifer 4, that was probably you. Oh, it most certainly was. And I did Dark Tranquility Atoma. Oh shit! Nice. Now the reason I did that, um, and, and that'll play into something else later on, um, was because I was uh, I was just t-shirt shopping, and uh, there was a there was one there was a Dark Tranquility shirt that was on sale, and I was like, well, do I like Dark Tranquility enough to buy their shirt? Um, I listened to two of their albums. Uh, I thought they were really good, but I just I just didn't buy the shirt. So. No. Yeah. I remember I saw them a long time ago, uh, way back when, and they were really good. I enjoyed them, and I, re- mm-hmm. I think I remember enjoying that album when it came out because that's that's like their newest one, right? Uh, that might be the second to last one. I think they've had one okay. since 
Okay. Okay. Um, next one up, you did Evanescence Fallen. Yes, and I remember uh, I had mentioned that Ad Infinitum has reminded me very much of Evanescence, and I went back and I listened to this particular record. Um, and the reason I did is because I remember when it first came out, it was a big deal when it first came out. Like the, the of course, uh, Bring Me Back, Bring Me Back to Life was a big hit because it was on the Daredevil soundtrack. It was huge. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I have to say that prior to to Evanescence. Um, female vocals in, in heavy metal for me was usually just like it was a featured thing you know mm -hmm. like because like I think the only real experience I had with that was like the uh, Phantom Opera's Ghost on the Iced Earth album yeah. um, so I like just for some reason like it didn't even cross my mind that yes women can, can sing metal I mean of course they can why not you know so this one kind of opened up the doors for me to listen to um, a lot of other different bands that I, you know, I still listen to today, yeah. And especially like, you know, Nightwish, um, fucking Within Temptation, and then of course even like when I like listening to like Arch Enemy and stuff like that with a woman, uh, harsh vocalist. I mean, it, yeah, of course. Why, why the fuck not? Would I think do that? You know. So I, despite like it, just because like they were the, the the gateway to that to my fucking you know obsession yeah. with female singers. Now that's that's what I was gonna say. It was your gateway drug to uh to to the what followed. Oh, for sure, one thousand percent. Funny you mentioned Arch Enemy because one of the other guys did Arch Enemy that same day. Oh, uh, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. I did at the gates the Nightmare Beat, um, which was a fantastic album. Um, I don't think I give enough listens or credit to at the gates, but that album was great. Uh, they're they're considered one of the pioneering uh, bands for that particular genre. Um, like yeah. when, you, when they're mentioned in in like in conversations, they're mentioned in very high regard. So yeah. Next one up was just you, and you did uh, Foo Fighters one by one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when I was going through my uh, Spotify just the uh, homepage there, they had a I don't know why specifically they had like you know top albums from 2002 i'm like what <laughs> whatever and this was like the number like one of the top ones i was like hell yeah i've listened to this one forever and it's fucking it's again it's one of those bands that they they're not dated by anything i mean they sound their music can be played at any time anywhere and still sounds relevant and still sounds fucking cool um and in all honesty i was i was a kind of a fan of Foo fires but i wasn't like really into Foo fires until this fucking record so this is like this was what opened up everything as far as Foo Fighters go for me, especially because of um, the opening track. It's just such a fucking – it gets you going every single time. You just you just revisited a lot of gateway drugs. This, this yeah, track. yeah, I did. I did. Um, sometimes that happens, you know. <laughs> All right. Up next, I don't think either of us had something because I don't think you picked Pelican. That was probably Bird. And, I think it's like that was the, I think that was Bird, but if it wasn't Bird, it would have been me. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Bird this time because this yeah, was, it was. It I think was. This was the weekend, so yeah. Um, you probably did Omnium Gatherum the following yep. day. Yep, that's for sure. And I did not have one for that day. Uh huh. Um, you did for the next day. You did the soundtrack to the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. 
Yes, yes. So um, I've been doing a lot of reading again, and I've been like, I've been trying to like get a, not away from the uh, progressive rock instrumental stuff, but someone that's a little bit more um, atmospheric and not as fucking busy, so I can actually concentrate on reading. And this was eerie as fuck, but it's atmospheric and like it fills the space, and it kind of like it's kind of like mind meldy. It, yeah, it was definitely worth a listen. Like I think the scores that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do together tend to be very, very good. Yeah. Um, so did we just lose Craig? No, no, that that was my computer. Oh. All right, copy that. Um, but yeah, that that was very good to listen to. I enjoyed that a lot. Next day was the first appearance of Diablo Swing Orchestra. That was your pick. Yeah, but it's also the first appearance of uh, Gaul's Word. Which was my pick. There you go. So there you go. Um, next one up, you picked Emma Ruth Rundle. Yep. I did. I did Son of Sorrow, and that was the second showing of uh, Diablo Twin Orchestra. That was, yes, that, was Pat. that was Pat. That was Pat. And then we got today, um, which brings us to your pick of Gall's Word. Yeah. My pick of Scarecrow, which we I just talked about. So aside from all this, all the stuff we talked about, because we've talked about a lot of shit so far. Yeah, we so far. Uh, like, I think our I think our opening our opening act here for the podcast is almost at like forty five minutes already. Feels like. Yeah, but was there anything else you listened to that you can make mention? Oh, of course, yes. Um, I, like I, I like I said, I've been trying to be a little bit better about keeping track of these things. So, um, mm. I went back and I revisited the new Macedon record. Um, still really like it. Um, still a little bit on a Coheed and Cambria kick. I keep going back to the same record over and over again. Um, yeah. Same thing, the, the Dune soundtrack. I've been um, all about the Dune soundtrack. Hans Zimmer, of course, fucking kills it every time he does something. Um, and I'll get I'll get into it again a little bit later when we talk about the rabbit hole because it went down a serious rabbit hole, which I'll talk about later. Okay. Um, and then also because I'm reading The Lord of the Rings for the 80th time, I uh, had actually just finished the two towers today um, to listen to have background music besides like the the Atticus Ross and uh, Trent Reznor soundtrack. I listened to the Lord of the Rings soundtracks, all three of them. Plus, I added some Hobbit in there. Um, so, uh, the scores were done, of course, by uh, Howard Shore. All six movies were done by Howard Shore. His soundtracks are fantastic. They're huge in scale and like, you know, just kind of like right up there as far as like memorable uh, musical motives, kind of like John Williams with all his, with all his like Star Wars, Indiana Jones and all that stuff. Like you hear certain parts of it. You're like, Oh my God, that's, that's definitely this, this fucking guy. And that's this fucking movie. And you can't think of anything else. So mm. I don't know that, that has filled up my, my ear holes while reading. Okay. And that, that, yeah, that about sums it up. Like, you know, and again, I'll get a rabbit hole a little bit later. Um, so I don't know where this one came from for me, um, but I listened to a band named Cardinal X, Cardinal spelled with a K instead of a C, um, and their album was called The Revolution. Like I said, I have no idea where I where this came from. Um, probably the Facebook al- uh, algorithm or something to that effect. But they um they are they're self labeled as part of the new wave traditional heavy metal. Uh-huh. And that's what they are. I mean, they they, we, they they know what they are. Where are they from? You I know? have no idea. I oh, have okay. no idea. 
I listened to it and I was uh, and it was it was good, but it, it didn't warrant a second listen, so I was on my way. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's kind of like a passing a passing fancy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's just something to check out. So gotcha, gotcha. Very cool. And then, um, like I said, I listened to a second Dark Tranquility album, which was their very, I think their very first album, Sky Dancer. Uh, vastly different from what they became, um, but uh, still good record. And last thing I listened to, um, which has to do with the Dark Tranquility thing, with like looking for T-shirts and whatnot, was I found um, a T-shirt for this this band named Earthburner, um, and it was three dollars. So I was like, like okay, maybe they're good, and I can just spend three dollars on this T-shirt. And they have one release. It is an EP. It is it is grindcore. It is three songs. It is four minutes long. Nice. <laughs> Perfection. And so I listened to it like two, three times. And uh, <laughs> I still had time to, uh, and I was still on the toilet when it was over. <laughs> still taking my shit, but I thought I was done. <laughs> it was like, you know, stand, it, it was like standard death metal grindcore. Really just, just good, straightforward, in your face. You know, here, here's a song for a minute and a half. Here's a two-minute song. Here's a minute and a half. Go to the home. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. We love you all. Nice. Um, but it was good, and I ended up buying that shirt. So. Well, there you go. There you go. Nice. So, uh, but that's all I have uh, written down. Um, I I didn't I, I today we're recording this on Friday, November twelfth. Today is new release day. I haven't even gotten to anything from new release. Oh days. yeah, I have been. I have, like after we're done recording, I'm going to go through the list and and update my my Spotify queue here. Um, but like if you want to take a look at what coming like came out today, uh, November twelfth, uh, we got an EP from All Hell the Yeti, uh, new album from uh, Beatalica. That should be pretty interesting and fun. They always they always are. Mm-hmm. Um. We got a new album from uh, a live album from Suffocation out today, so that should be cool. Check that out. Uh, let's see what Loudwire has for us. Okay, we have um, some new uh, some re-releases. Uh, All that remains. They have the the Fall of Ideals of vinyl re-release. Yeah. Uh, Borknagar has a uh, their self-titled re-release this week. Um, Hammerfall has Renegade uh, D- CD DVD. Um, sh- not that's, sure that, what that. that's a re-release. That's a re-release. Okay, copy that. Yeah, Renegade. Renegade, I think, is the album that like got them popular. I think it's the one with uh, Hearts and Fire. Oh, um, no, okay. Thunder. Sorry, sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, uh, all right. Hearts of Fire, though. Fucking hell yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Rocky Four. What's up? Okay, shut up. <laughs> what? It's fucking great. Anyway, uh, but that looks like you're pretty much a, a little bit about it for uh, for this week. But next week it looks pretty sweet because um, the new Exodus record is coming out next week. Yes. Fucking big, big one for us to listen to and cover. Um, so I think that comes out next week. So by the time we record the next podcast, we should have at least a few listens in there for that yeah um, not me and that man i know you're gonna have something so oh for sure for sure and then yeah. at the end of the month um the last week of the month we have 
Black Label Society, their new record's coming out. Cynic is coming out with a new record. Death Angel has a live album coming out. Um, Deep Purple has a, a cover album coming out. Um, yeah. A live album from Imperial Triumphant. Very nice. Yeah, Rap City of Fire has an album coming out. Lordy, the fucking Lordiversity box set's coming out. I um, pre-ordered that shit. Did you really? <laughs> I did. That's awesome. All fucking, what, is it seven? Seven full fucking albums that they are releasing in this box set? Seven full albums in a box set. I pre-ordered that shit already. That is fucking wild. Fucking out of control. I mean, if you... if. If anybody fucking used the, the the downtime for the pandemic properly, it's fucking Lordy. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of like it for the new releases for the rest of this month. And then of course we got the little bit of December slump. I think typically we have don't have much coming out during December. Everyone's kind of looking for the new year. Um, so we'll see how that goes for us. Yeah, it's very short list. Um, although. December 3rd, it says it on Wikipedia. Not sure how correct this is. Two, count two, Devin Townsend records are coming out. So we'll see. I think I knew that. But... And then uh, the new Volby records coming out on December 3rd. And uh, December 17th is the new Behemoth Live record coming out. So that should be interesting. I don't know. All right, um, so I think that takes us right into uh, our first commercial break. Yes, sir. Are you a wrestling fan? Do you want to support independent wrestling? Support our friends at Heavy Metal Wrestling. Counterculture Pro Wrestling from San Antonio, Texas. Heavy Metal Wrestling is a fast-growing wrestling promotion pulling in the best from Texas and beyond for a wide variety of match stipulations. Though they are currently regrouping due to COVID, check out their YouTube channel for some great content from their previous shows. And we're back. We're and back. We go on to general news. And with general news, we start with obituaries, of which we do have one, unfortunately. Yes. So metal journalist Malcolm Dome passed away. I have it written here from the, uh, the article because it was a lot. Uh, he was 66 years of age. Uh... He has written about rock and heavy metal since 1979. In addition to publishing several books on such artists as ACDC, Metallica, and Led Zeppelin, he had contributed to a number of magazines, including Record Mirror, Metal Hammer, Kerrang!, and Classic Rock. He is credited with inventing the term thrash metal while writing about the Anthrax song Metal Thrashing Mad in February of 1984. Up until that point, bands like Anthrax and Metallica had referred to their sounds as power metal. He also provided a sleeve notes for various reissues, including those by German Thrasher's creator, whose frontman Mil Petzora, uh, Petroza, sorry, uh, wrote, shocked to hear about his passing, et cetera, et cetera. This, actually, the rest of the article just really goes about people reacting to his, his passing, which is very unfortunate. I do remember this gentleman because I think he was featured in a couple of the um, the old school uh, behind the music episodes on VH1, specifically about like bands like Metallica and fucking um, Anthrax and stuff like that. So I think he is—he was very much held in high regard as far as music journalism. Um, so that is a sad passing. Yep. But that is all we have for this week, fortunately, for this episode. 
As far as obituaries go, man. As far as obituaries go, yes. Let's let's go on to the general general news then. General general news. All right, as LA dying frontman Tim Lambesis has announced the formation of a new project called Born Through Fire, yeah. which is ironic, seeing that he actually burned himself significantly in a bonfire last year. Okay. Anyway, the group on which Lambesis has apparently collaborated with Wolves at the Gate guitarist Joey Alacron um, released its first is releasing no they released their first uh, two songs Reintroduction and Bone by Bone. Uh, today, as a matter of fact, November 12th, and they are on Modern Music oh. Empire Records. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'd pass on that one for, for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been listening to, like, when I listen to, like, um, the Trivium record um, uh, in the Court of the Dragon. So when that's done, it usually goes into, like, you know, random mode. Um, yeah. They play similar bands, and As I Lay Dying comes up a bunch, and I'm like, no, nah, man, nah. And I used to like them so much, but he's such a douche. You know? And that kind of ruins it for me. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. So November 8th, 2021, marked the 50th anniversary of one of rock and roll's most treasured and popular albums, Led Zeppelin Four. The band and Swan Song Atlantic Records commemorated this occasion by commissioning near perfect productions to produce the radio special Led Zeppelin 4 at 50 All Access. Hosted by Dan Near, this special, spread over three segments, features interviews with Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, and John Paul Jones, and features hits like Start, uh, Stairway to Heaven, Black Dog, and Rock and Roll. So that might be something I would, I'm going to go check out. I wonder where I can find that. So let me. Uh... Let me put that in previously on, so see if I can follow up on that one. Yeah. Radio special. What's that? Uh, I was just uh, I was just looking at the uh, I was rereading the uh, the note in the. Oh okay. Yeah, I just I I I just I'll just listen to Zeppelin Four and I'll be I'll I'll be content. (laughs) Well, the thing is like. Like that's one of those albums that we had talked about in the previous episode. Like I would like to be the, the fly on the wall for that one, um, because it's one of those iconic fucking records. So. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But but you know, I, I I still I one of these days I will I will give Led Zeppelin a fair chance. <laughs> you do have the box set, don't you, of all the recordings? I do, but I you I like still. Me? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm passive. Gotcha. All right. Let's see if I, I'll see if I can find that or not somewhere. All right. Mm-hmm. But that's it for general general news. You ready to get into some books though? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are in our segment called "So Let It Be Written." This is all about our book situation here, and we got two books from the same guy. Different different uh, subjects coming out here, but. All right, so Wimmer Publishing has set a February 25th, 2022 release date for Judas Priest, a visual biography. This 224-page hardback coffee table book by esteemed Arthur Martin Popoff is crammed full of memorabilia, including backstage passes, gig posters, media adverts, and much more. It is a grinding celebration of the metal gods Judas Priest in all their sumptuous glory and written by Popoff with his usual style. 
that's goddamn these copy and paste jobs. Oh yeah. All right. Well, continuing on, the same guy, the same publisher, has announced the launch of UFO, a visual biography, uh, due for release on February 25th. So the same day, this guy's got two books coming out. 224-page hardback copy book by esteemed author Martin Popoff is crammed full of memorabilia, yada, yada, yada. Following it, off, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. So, like, Blabbermouth is actually copying and pasting themselves and just yeah, changing it, the names. <laughs> that, that first sentence, like, replace, replace the titles, but, like, it's exactly the it's, same sentences. Yes, it's exactly the same thing. Uh, but it continues on differently. So it's following on from the success of his two previous UFO books. Uh, he takes us on a visual journey through the band's entire career from 1968. Uh, and despite lead singer Phil Mogg saying he would retire, the band continues to tour with plans for 2022 in the pipeline. Nobody retires anymore. Nobody so, retires anymore. Kisses in the, has been in the fucking process of retiring for 20 goddamn years. Exactly. Didn't Ozzy Osbourne retire at one point, too? Ozzy retired, like, twice. Yeah, for sure. All right, but that's it for So Let It Be Written. All right. So All right. not spreading the disease. Not spreading the disease. We are COVID-19 is still a fucking thing, despite what some people think. Um, except have been forced to postpone the previously announced European Too Mean to Die tour, which was originally scheduled for January and February of 2022, to January and February of 2023, due to the coronavirus pandemic, which is sweeping the globe still. I um, I saw the set list that they did on uh, on their show here in San Antonio, uh-huh. and, and I and I cried because it was <laughs> it, it was exactly ex- almost. Exactly the set list I would have wanted on a tour for this album. Nice. Nice. That's a shame. <laughs> and that yeah. happened to be the same day of, the sh- of your show. It was the day of my show, and, and I, I wanted to be like, you guys better perform good or I'm going to go to a different show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm packing up my shit and I'm going. <laughs> Because, oh, because also that same night, Jeff Tate was playing, and that was the Empire Rage Forward tour. And I was like, oh, oh my, god. my god. Oh, wow. That's that's rough, bro. That's rough. But I still did my show, and that was important. All right. We'll get to that part, right, later? Yes, we will. All right. All right. Last but not least, here in Snot Spreading Disease, Stone Temple Pilots have scrapped the remaining shows on their current tour after a member of the band's organization tested positive for COVID 19. Shit. Yeah. Still a thing, guys. Still a thing. All right. So he's the one they call Dr. Feel not so good. Blaze Bailey has canceled his appearance at UK's Planet Rockstock after testing positive for COVID-19. He was due to play the main stage at the festival in Treco Bay, South Wales, tomorrow, Saturday, November 13th, before headliners The Darkness. I'm realizing that a lot of people are... Are, are are just refusing to play with the darkness for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Blaze Bailey's refusing unless he got sick on purpose. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, someone come up with me quick. <laughs> um, uh, this one, this one's fucking crazy. Slipknot percussionist Sean Crane. Crack, crack, crack. Anyway, Crane. clown. Crane, yeah. Um, he tore his bicep tendon during the band's November 5th concert at Not Fest Los Angeles. 
uh, as a result of his injury, he was forced to miss the band's performance at Welcome to Rockville Festival uh, last last night, Thursday, uh, November 11th. So, 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 sir, what happened? I was rocking too hard. Uh, that had to be like. I mean, have you ever swung a baseball bat the wrong way, especially when you're trying to hit a keg? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, I guess uh, some experiences are left to the the experts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like he was over enthusiastically gardening or anything like that. But come on. <laughs> Or, or, or he was like X-Pac and he was uh, Bronco Bustering somebody and tore his ass <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Next uh, section here is I'm getting better. I think I'll go for a walk. Unfortunately, no one's getting any better. Oh, fuck. I know. I know. I got nothing to report here. I do have a report of breaking the law, though. So, the Phoenix Fire Department has launched an investigation into the bonfire that was started in the mosh pit at Slipknot's concert in the city on Tuesday night, November 2nd. The band was performing at the Action Pavilion as part of Slipknot's Knotfest Roadshow when attendees set fire to a stack of lawn chairs with the scene captured in various social media posts from fans who attended the concert. As a result, Slipknot's performance was stopped for roughly 30 minutes in order to allow the fire department to put out the blaze. Due to the delay, Slipknot was reportedly forced to drop Duality and spit it out from its pot from its set list. Later question was Tim Lambesis, who last year fell into a bonfire. Yep, yep. And, you know, born through fire. Born <laughs> through fire. <laughs> All right. So that's about it for breaking the law, fortunately. We have nothing else to report. Um, but Metallica breaking shit. So I I, sh- I don't know if I should change the title of this particular segment because the, la- the the reason I created this is because at the time that I put this in, Metallica was just breaking attendance records all over the place. All right, uh, how about how about we just change it to Metallica dot 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 existing dot dot dot. Done. Doing it now. <laughs> Metallica breathes. <laughs> 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 Metallica breathes and we react. <laughs> all right, so they have a 40th anniversary ring coming out. All right, so I'm going to read this from the article. All right, so the band will release a specially, a special, extremely limited ring. Only 40 of these are being made to celebrate Oof. the 40th. Yeah, to celebrate the 40th anniversary. Okay, so check this one out. These 40 rings will be made to order, crafted from silver and hand-numbered 1 through 40. Each will feature engravings of James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Kirk Hammett, Robert Trujillo, Cliff Burton, and Jason Newstead. These are just their names, not like their faces or anything like that. One side will display the number 40 with the M logo struck through the zero, and the other will feature the numbers 1981 and 2021, also separated by the M logo. The face of the ring will probably display the number 40 with a raised brass M logo struck through the zero. All right, so the 40th anniversary limited edition ring went on sale Monday, November 8th. Uh, of course, it's all through the Metallica.com uh, store. Uh, it will only be available to members of Metallica's fan club, officially known as fifth members. Customers who purchase the ring then must submit a support ticket with their desired size. 
So that's the limited edition one. Only 40 of these are being of, of, of those are being made. But then they also have a standard non-numbered all silver edition that's going to be coming out in December. Uh, so that's just going to be like a, the regular version, not the special version. Uh, uh, when they when they release something, when when a, when when something, some entity that is very popular releases something this this limited, all I think about is just one person on a crusade to collect them all, <laughs> and then fucking sell them on eBay, right? Yeah, like you know what. I'll just say this right now. Like, if I didn't, if I didn't have the life that I live right now, I'd be going out and finding every person with a copy of ET on Atari and killing them, and then breaking their copy to make my copy the only copy left. There can be only one. There can be only one. This is this is the reboot of Highlander that we. <laughs> All right, continuing on with some Metallica breathing news here. Um, they will perform during the Triller Fight Club's highly anticipated debut of Triad Combat on Saturday, November 27th at Globe Life Field, which is home of Major League Baseball's Texas Rangers in Arlington, Texas, and it will be um, live on pay-per-view. So this is a, a new fight club. No, not fight club, but like I think it's an MMA thing. Uh, it's, a new, it's not, it's not um, UFC or anything like that, and it's is making their debut at this particular place and they will be performing at it. Cool. I, um, whatever. Yep. So Wolverine, which is the, um, the manufacturer of really good boots. I happen to love their boots. Same. And Metallica's all within my hands foundation are coming together to celebrate and support Metallica's future workforce with a new collaboration collection, benefiting the Metallica scholars initiative. The collaboration will feature an all-new limited edition assortment of three Wolverine boots, a hoodie, and beanie, as well as a graphic t-shirt with art by Metallica collaborator Brandon Hart. Hart, sorry. That is cool. I would totally go for, like, a fucking pair of boots, like, with Metallica on it. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I wear it now. But... No, I mean, I, I, had that, I had those badass fucking trooper vans from years ago that I don't wear because they're just too fucking badass. So. <laughs> um, last but not least here with Metallica, just like you said, existing. Uh, they have announced the 2022 installment of it, their very own Vinyl Club. So the 2022 Vinyl Club subscription will be available exclusively to members of Metallica's fifth member fan club between now and the end of the year. Each subscription includes a digital download card and a series of four 12-inch records shipped throughout the year. There is no information on what those 12-inch records will be. Um, I'm sure if you are subscribed to it, you will get that information shortly after. That sounds pretty badass, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, especially for, for you vinyl guys. Yeah. All right, so this next section we have nothing for, but it's Um No one's arguing about anything right now, so, um, you know, just give it time. Yeah. Yeah. Next one up is Alcoholica. Alcoholica. This is for uh, bands who are indulging or um, putting their putting their names onto alcoholic beverages, and they have none, unfortunately, for us to, to report. Our next section is usually called Hardwired. This one is where bands put their names on coffee, and that is what we fucking indulge ourselves in here for sure. Um, and there is nothing new to report, although I think you said that you have a new coffee for us to try uh, soon. 
Yes, but I'm not going to make mention of it. But I will say, I, 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 we're going to speak vaguely about it, but I did not realize that this band, having previously released two, actually released a third brand of coffee somewhere along the way. And we have all three now. Noise. So, yeah. Yeah. But but we're going to be vague about that because obviously I don't like to reveal who we're do who we're doing for the uh, our tries videos. Speaking of which, I have to edit the other tries video. <laughs> oh, the hot sauce one. Yeah, that that one I eventually have to get to. I, I it's like it's been it's been sitting here waiting. It it was a good one. That was definitely a good one. Looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. All right, so we got some merchandising uh, stuff here. You ready? Yep. All right, so knuckle bones creator of the Rock Icons Music Collectible Series, has announced of a set of Pantera Reinventing the Steel Collectible Statues. Available for pre-order now are made, are made by hand and sold worldwide. Worldwide, fine arts process where each statue is hand cast, painted, and numbered. These statues are each created in one ninth scale. Each statue comes with a certificate of authenticity on the base of the statue. Fans can get the set of four statues, one each of Phil and Semmel, Dimebag Daryl, Rex Brown, and of course Vinnie Paul for five hundred fifty-eight dollars, or order their favorite member of Pantera individually for one hundred fifty-five dollars apiece. The exact shipping date has not been announced, but it is estimated to be the spring of 2022. That is intense. Yeah, yeah. I, like the the look of the reinventing the steel era was pretty cool because um that's when uh, Phil had his long hair again. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, yeah. I re I remember that era being pretty good. I mean, the reason I grew my hair long in the first place after I graduated high school was because of parent of because of Phil at that time. Right on, I right know. So badass. Um, the next section we had in here when we were announcing a lot of puzzles being put out of um, classic albums. But unfortunately, that's that's come to kind of like a grinding halt as of late. Yeah. So so we'll 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 keep that one on the on the fence as potentially being removed. Yeah, and by the time I'm ready to remove it, they'll announce a whole shit ton, just like they did with the fucking streaming concerts. Well, it is, it is almost Christmas time, so, you know, they might start start turning them out. Very good point. Very good point. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to commercial break number two. Greetings, Metalheads. Dan Mack here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and, of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellaHotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. All right, so let's go on to recording slash release news, or we're starting off with recording news. Yes, we are starting off with studio recording news. Blind Guardian will release a new single, Deliver Us From Evil, on December 3rd via Nuclear Blast. The song is a taste of the band's new album set to arrive in September of 2022. 
Deliver Us From Evil will be available digitally as well as on a 7-inch single, along with the previously released Merry Christmas, everybody, as a B-side. And a Digipack CD with the previously released Violent Shadows Vakken Worldwide 2020 Live performance as an extra track. Sounds like someone's buying this single. Yeah, and New Blind Guardian next year. Pumped for that. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's been forever. Right? It really well, has. Because, because like the, the last legit album, not the uh, not yeah, because the, they had the orchestral album like two years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. What was the last? What was the last real album? Was that the black, the red mirror? Yeah, that was the red mirror. Oh shit. Yeah, and God, that man, was the... 2015. I remember. I remember making the uh, the review for that. I remember. Yeah, I was gonna say because like you were still living in New York at that time. Holy shit. Yo. All right. Jethro Tull have announced details for the group's first studio album of new material in over 18 years. Uh, originally making headlines in March of this year, the band's newest offering, titled The Zealot Gene, will see a January 28, 2022 release on Inside Out Music. I'm totally going to check that shit out. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Hell, yeah. God damn it. That's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's gonna that's gonna sweep the Grammys this year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, in all categories, all categories. It's got that crossover appeal, right? Metallica better not release a goddamn thing. <laughs> We're taking you down. But then again, you know, Metallica just exists. They just breathe and they get an award. Yeah. Uh, but what does Corey Taylor think? Anyway. Ozzy Osbourne's follow-up to 2020's Ordinary Man is expected to be released early next year. In a new financial statement released by Sony, the Black Sabbath singer's name is listed under a section titled Selected Upcoming Releases Anticipated Over the Next Six Months, alongside projects by Adele, Alicia Keys, Black Eyed Peas, and Travis Scott, among others. Probably not Travis Scott anymore. Anyway, while no specific release date is mentioned on the report, Ozzy who is signed to Sony Music, recently confirmed that 15 songs have been recorded for his next LP. He's once again working with producer Andrew Watt on the work-in-progress effort, which will include guest appearances by Jeff Eric Clapton, Tony Iommi, and Zach Wilde. You know, I, I, I it, it's Ozzy, but, like, I'm still excited for it. <laughs> like, or, Ordinary Man wasn't a bad album. I was going to say, Ordinary Man was not a bad album. It's not, it wasn't your typical Ozzy Osbourne record. And yeah. like with guest appearances by like Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Tony Iommi, and, and I don't think it's just a. From what I understand, it's not just a guest appearance by Zach Wilde. From what I understand, he is playing on the whole fucking album, so he's seems to be back in the band, so to speak. Well, that'd be pretty cool, right? So I mean, that's great. Love anything that Zach Wilde does with Ozzy. And Zach Wilde has Ozzy's back uh, for anything that he does. So I yeah. Mean, you know, just pretty much going back home for him. Uh-huh. All right. BMG will release a limited edition one-inch black vinyl of four previously released, previously unreleased tracks by Adrian Smith uh, and Richie Kotzen. Uh, their product called Smith Kotzen on November 26th in conjunction with International Record Store Day's Black Friday event. So the Better Days EP reflects the ongoing strength of the dynamic writing and recording partnership between these two world-class musicians following their eponymous debut album released in March of 2021 to media and fan acclaim. 
charting the top 20 markets such as UK, Germany, US, and Canada, a tremendous accomplishment for an inaugural collaboration project. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I just want to buy that, buy that record. I remember listening to it, and it was it was good. I because I like Richie Cotton's singing voice. He reminds um, me very very much of like a, a Chris Cornell type, mm-hmm. and um, he, he's he's a great guitar player as well. And it was definitely interesting to listen to Smith do something that wasn't Iron Maiden, uh, aside from his Rebel Rock Rebellion fucking project. Prim, yeah, Primal Rock Rebellion. Primal Rock Rebellion. Sorry, yes. Yeah, that was a good one. I I enjoyed that one a lot actually. Yeah. Because it had the, the frontman from like sixth on it, and that was, yeah, that was it made it awesome. Yeah, that that was quality shit. Speaking of quality cool. shit here, just for you, Amorphous will release their 14th studio album Halo on February 11th, 2022, via Atomic Fire Records. I've never heard of Atomic Fire Records. That that's strange. Uh, but it's a new Amorphous record, so there you go, bub. Oh, oh yeah, I'm ready. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ, Saxon will release their 23rd studio album, Carpe Diem, on February 4th, 2022, via Silver Lining Music. Yeah, they definitely seized the day. 23 yeah. times over. 23 records for Saxon. Man, that's qual- That's ridiculous. Oh, man. Here's one for me. Can't fucking wait. Porcupine Tree has returned with his new music in close to 12 years. So, uh, Harriton is an epic eight-minute-long reintroduction to Porcupine Tree's singular, truly singular sound. The single heralds the release of Porcupine Tree's long-awaited 11th studio album, Closure, slash continuation, which is due on Friday, June 24th, via Music for Nations, Megaforce Records. Excellent. When? Yeah. When? I, I, am, I, am, I am pumped for some new Porcupine Tree. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's going to be great. Man, Korn, they're releasing a new album called Requiem on uh, February 4th, 2022, via Loma Vista Records. Yeah, like, their last album wasn't that bad, but like, I'm beginning to question, like, who's still in the band? Because I'm pretty sure, like, everyone has either, like, like, either been sick or is taking mental health leave. Well, Fieldy, of course, is not, he's the one that's uh, trying to find what makes him happy. That's yeah. the last thing I saw. Um, but... You know, the guys who have had COVID, they're good. Um, and yeah, they're right now they're they're picked they're they're photographed as a four piece. They don't have a permanent uh, base replaces replacement for Fieldy. Um, so I'm not sure who's playing on this record. If they recorded it before Fieldy took hiatus or not. Um, very interesting. I should probably look into that. As a matter of fact, I am going to put that on previously on because I'm really really interested in that now that I talk about it. Who is playing bass? Corn on new record. All right, we are going to do some investigative Googling after that. All right, next up, Scion, which is the new project featuring Howard Jones and modern guitar virtuoso content creator Jared Dines. Uh, they will release their self-titled debut album on November 26th. The 12-song effort was almost two years in the making. It was funded independently out of Jared and Howard's own pockets, according to a statement released by the group. Cool. I have, yes, I have I'm going to probably check it out. I love Howard Jones. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've been ever since he was in Killswitch Engage, and the stuff he's done with uh, Light the Torch was good. 
uh, even before Killswitch Engage with uh, Blood Has Been Shed. Fucking wonderful. I, I think he's a great vocalist. So I would definitely be checking that out regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Machine mm-hmm. Head, frontman Rob Flynn, and bassist Jared Mc- McErkin. All right. Uh, they spent the last week. Um, they spent the last week in Sharkbite Studios in Oakland, California, with producer Zach Oren working on the band's as yet untitled tenth album, tentatively due next summer. According to Flynn, they are making great progress on at least six different new songs, including a ten-minute plus epic. 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 Speaking of ten-minute plus epic, uh, I think it was released today. Uh, but there's a, a Taylor Swift song. Um, I forgot what the title of it is, but apparently she released the 10-minute version of this today. Um, and her fans are freaking out. And the first thing that comes to mind when, when, is that, that James Franco meme of when he's in the news and it, and it looks like first time, like your, your favorite person released yeah. a 10-minute song. I'm just like, <laughs> that's like the intro to an Iron Maiden song as of late. Come on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> My, my mind can't handle 10 minutes of one song. You have to break it gonna, down in three and a half minutes. I was going to say that's like, like 10 minutes is probably like the length is like the length of three or for normal songs. So <laughs> I, I, I think Taylor Swift's next album should be a grindcore album. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, Napalm Swift. That'd be <laughs> fucking wonderful. Yeah. That's just 12 tracks about, um, Three minutes long total. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, just totally radio acceptable. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, it sounds like a great idea. It should happen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Internet gods make it, make it so. Yeah, do it now. All right, recorded live shit. Hot. This is copy and paste, like full on. So just bear with me here. I might as well just pull up the fucking article. Anyway, hot on the heels of the first ever commercial release earlier this year of a rare acoustic set from 20, uh, 2001. Sorry. Unplugged in Boston, Metal Giants Megadeth have another treat in store for fans. A monster, fully electrified, and electrifying concert extravaganza filmed in Argentina. Argentina, sorry in 2005 to a stadium full of 25,000 adoring fans due on November 26th, a night in Buenos Aires finds founder vocalist Dave Mustaine leading his band of metal magicians, guitarist Glenn Dover, drummer, uh, drummer Sean Drover and bassist James McDonough through several of Megadeth's best love tracks, including Symphony of Destruction, Tornado of Souls and Holy Wars, The Punishment Due, plus tracks from the then brand new album, The System Has Failed. The concert is being released on all formats, including including digital, on CD as a two-disc gatefold wallet, and in a deluxe three-LP vinyl set that comes in a variety of colors from 180-gram black to purple splatter to clear red and blue, as well as a deluxe multimedia box set that includes a Blu-ray, a DVD, and two CDs. Each release comes with a complete set of liner notes written by Mustaine, reflecting on his, his on this historic and the more and the memorable live performance. <sighs> All, right. All right. First off, first off, they, they they used electrified and then electrifying. They're not talking about the fucking rock. They need to calm down. Two. Well, I'm, come on, I'm, come on. The the, 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 the Mustaine snarl is just as popular as the people's eyebrow, okay? How dare. How dare. 
How dare you insinuate such a thing? Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they already have a live album called That One Night in Buenos Aires. Really? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's just uh, that uh, other night in Buenos Aires. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I, I'm fairly certain this does exist. Well, that that should, yeah. Well, let me, uh, again, previously on, we will double check on this information that you're providing us here. Check on existence of Megadeth Buenos Aires live record. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm gonna have to uh gonna have to fact check you on that one, Bubba. Alright then. Alright. Recorded live shit. Still Sabaton have announced a limited edition live in concert double DVD Blu-ray, the great show, and the twentieth anniversary show. Both set for release on November nineteenth via nuclear blast. Both titles were filmed during the band's 2019-2020 The Great Tour World Trek, and both feature special guest performers. <laughs> they, however, did not film anything on the almost mediocre tour thereafter. <laughs> yeah, the, the not-so-great show. <laughs> the show that we were a little off. <laughs> he personally wet himself at the Battle of... <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful reference. I fucking love it. Good job, buddy. Man, that was good. All right, last bit of uh, recording and release news here is uh, our section called Rewind, Replay, Rebound, Reissued. And as of this moment, there is no reissues uh, coming forward. Uh, except for the ones that we mentioned in um, when we're talking about the upcoming album releases in the next like uh, couple weeks. Yeah, like like the entire In Flames catalog being reissued. Oh yeah, yeah, we did mention that I think last time, the last podcast actually. Yeah. All right, so we're in for a little extra. So here we have a couple things. We have the good that men and women do, and nobody's doing any goddamn good. Well, fuck. I mean, usually, like, this is a tough one because, like, when usually when Metallica does things, it's usually very charitable. So it's like, should it go in the Metallica exists column or should it go into the the good that men and women do? Like, what do I do? But I just stick with Metallica news in the Metallica era because that's what, that's what it's for. Yep. That's what it's for. So we also have the crowdfunding tracker here. Do you have anything before I uh, check up on a couple ones? I haven't, I haven't been looking at, at crowdfunding in a, in a little while. So. Okay, okay. So we'll uh, cover the ones that we've been uh, following for the last couple of weeks here. Um, so we have uh, Scott O'Hare. Um, he's the road manager or the former road manager of Queensryche. He has some medical bills that he's trying to look, um, trying to cover after having multiple strokes. Uh, his goal is $25,000. And as of this recording, he has raised 15055 So just a little over this halfway mark. All right. Next up, we have the front man from Agnostic Front. Again, um, medical bills. This is all for medical bills. It's fucking insane that they have to do this. Uh, but his goal is three hundred thousand uh, dollars. He is also just literally just over fifty um, percent at one hundred fifty-five thousand five hundred twenty-eight dollars. Um, small donations are, are still coming in for this one. So there's one like that was eight hours 
ago, the 13 hours ago, a couple from a day ago. So slowly but surely helping this gentleman with his um with his medical bills. And last but not least here, we've been covering this one for a long time. Paul Diano, first singer of Iron Maiden. Um he's looking for knee replacements. Um again the pictures that we have seen have been pretty bad. He's looking to raise fifteen thousand pounds. Fifteen thousand pounds. He is at nine thousand three hundred and forty one pounds, which is about sixty two percent of his goal, which is not that bad considering that the last time he did they did a, a crowdfunding for him, I don't even think it reached forty percent. So this yeah. one's doing this one's doing much better than the first go around. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you don't have anything. So here is here's the section. This is the one. Um, shit I want. Go for it. Oh, man. I, well, see, I, I don't think I, I have... I got I you a list of shit books. you want, so, for Christmas. Yeah, you'll, you'll, well, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of books I want, you know, which plays into uh, uh, an upcoming section, but that's that's coming. Oh, I see that now. Nice. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Yeah. So... Um, but rabbit hole, you said you've got one. I've got one as well, or I'm on, I'm I'm on the edge of like two or three different ones. Okay. You go first. I went I went down a podcast rabbit hole, and specifically one podcast. All right. So, as you know, I'm a nerd, and the new Dune movie came out, and I'm a huge fan of the Dune series. Um, I watched, like, I got into it because of the, the sci-fi uh, miniseries that came out in 2000. I read the book twice. Um, uh, Lindsay gave us the Children of Dune miniseries from sci-fi. We watched that. Big fan. I own a couple more of the books. I just haven't read them yet. So when this movie came out, I was pumped. I saw it in the theaters. I watched it about 100 times uh, on HBO Max uh, after that. And so... Brandy um, is a big fan of podcasts, and she someone shared this particular podcast with her, where it's um, the, the podcast is called Dune Pod, and um, it was their reaction to the whole uh, to the whole movie. So they go they go through the whole thing step by step, and it's a two and a half hour movie, and their podcast is about two hours for this particular episode. And they go and they go into detail about the whole movie, and it was it was really good podcast. So I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to these guys and see what else they got, and they started the podcast specifically for the movie uh, leading up to it when it's supposed to be released last year. So they didn't, I don't think they had any intention on actually going beyond that to begin with, but then mm -hmm. it got, ex it got extended when the release date was obviously pushed back due to the, to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I went all the way back and they do, they did of course, cause it's the Dune pod. They do all the books. So Every couple episodes, like they had two episodes for Dune itself, the book, and then a couple episodes for each other book. And interspersed between those episodes, they also record episodes where they uh, watch movies by the director uh, or movies featuring the members of the cast um, or anything like that. And they also do other sci-fi movies, and they have a lot of different guests and stuff like that. Um, I'm just a really big fan of, of these guys because, like, their format's kind of very similar to ours where it's mm -hmm. just two guys kind of just talking uh, and about, and the thing is like their talking point is like they pick one for each episode where we cover a lot of news for like our particular thing. Uh, but it's like, yeah, it's very similar. Um, but they were, they're just, they're just really good. They're funny. 
Um, they're they're kind of like our people. I think we would get along with them if we ever got to to talk to them. Um, so I I became a member of their their Discord server uh, today, and I, I mentioned to them that like I, I feel validated uh, because their podcast is very similar to ours, and I, I I never knew how ours would be accepted or how ours would be seen from a point of view as an audience because it's just two guys just jabbering at each other. But because it, theirs is very similar, I was like, and I really enjoyed their conversations. I have a feeling that ours is very uh, much in the same vein. So I felt very validated by their by their podcast. Uh, so I shared our podcast with the with the Discord server. So if we get any new listeners, it might be. Um, hopefully they check it out. Hopefully we can uh, communicate back and forth a little bit. You know, they can give us some pointers and uh, and whatnot. Uh, but again, I I listened to so many of the different episodes, and they're just really great to listen to. And just just hold on one second. You uh, said that they, they go through the movies that the actors are in, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I like I'm not I'm not big into doing or anything, uh, and, and and like all of this just kind of sounds like foreign to me. But if you're talking about movies that the actors are in, or like like the some of the Dune actors are in, uh-huh. and they don't uh-huh. include the Flintstones movie, I'm done. It's <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin was the bad guy in the Flintstones movie, and if they're not including that. They lost me. Okay, well, <laughs> bear with me here. They're they're focusing on the new cast, although they do of course cover the 1984 Dune movie um, with Sting and his codpiece. Um, yeah, so they did that. Um, but they really are focusing on the movies uh, featuring the new cast, and of course, because it's pretty much because Dune is like a sci-fi classic. Uh, they do a lot more uh, outside of the the movies that the cast have done. They just they focus a lot on classic sci-fi movies. So they have done episodes on like Aliens, Alien, um, Twelve Monkeys, and stuff like that. Um, again, all their stuff is really good. They have some pretty good guests. And as the as the podcast has progressed, um, they've gotten some some very high status um, guests on there. Like they were able to get onto the red carpet at a film festival in California, where they actually got the direct uh, actually got to interview the director of the movie, uh, Denny, uh, Denny Villeneuve, um, briefly. And then shortly after that episode, they were able to get the production designer from the new Dune movie on their podcast. Um, and I think they got that uh, scheduled through Warner Brothers, which was it was quite amazing to be able to go from like you know just two guys chatting about their favorite book to something that where it's actually like you know pretty well recognized. And I think they even mentioned that they are top ten in the country on um, on Apple or um, I guess Apple Music wherever they they broadcast their one of the one of the areas they broadcast their podcast is they're, they're the like number six in the country right now, which is pretty pretty fucking wild. So, with this rabbit hole, do you want to talk about any other podcasts that are better? <laughs> What's that? So do you want to talk about any more podcasts that are better than ours? Well, I mean, besides ours? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's it, 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 it's interesting? Because like, like when we started recording this podcast, I had no idea what the podcast was. And the thing is, I didn't even start listening to podcasts until this year. And we've been doing this for five. Right or six? Six years. Six years, and like I didn't start listening to podcasts until this year, so it's like I'm recording. I'm recording something I I had no interest in whatsoever until I <laughs> until this year, and honestly, to tell you the truth, I think I've already mentioned to you that I, I really like the Jericho podcast, 
Uh, I listened to a couple of the Metal Sucks podcasts. Which are very good. Um, they, 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 they are very like the ones that I listen to. The ones that I like, you know, because I'm just kind of driven. Um, I'm kind of drawn towards certain kinds of podcasts. Like I'm not just listening to just random shit. Um, but this one, I, I find myself really, really enjoying. Again, because because it very much reminds me of our own podcast. Um, they're very funny. Um, they're they're nerdy, just like me, uh, and I can relate to a lot of things. I think they're around my age, uh, or maybe a little bit older. But you know, we're, we're all within the same generation, I think. So you know, married, kids, all that shit, which is great. Uh, and again, their Discord server is very cool. It's uh, very welcoming. Like I, I did like a quick intro when I was on there, and the guy and the not only were, like the, was the community welcoming, but like the two hosts of the of the podcast are on the Discord server, and they are they welcome you like as soon as you sign up. They're 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 they came across as very very um, genuine guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just looking at the analytics of our own podcast and how little they are. And, you know, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> well, at least I, at least I'm spreading the word in other locations, like different locations. So, I mean, yeah, well, if, we that, get, that, if we get one new listener, it might be because of that. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll take that one. Of course. You know, make, you sure know. You, make sure you when you when you post post this up, you, you you post you know you tag them in it and stuff like that. Get a little recognition, you know. And, I, and the thing thing is, at the end of the at the end of their podcast, they usually uh, or at the beginning of their podcast, they usually welcome Discord members. So maybe just maybe they'll mention they'll mention me and the podcast. We'll see. Yeah. Not like not like we don't have a Discord server or anything. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, that's we're gonna share that next. I mean, one step at a time, son. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, no. Anyway, can I talk about my rabbit hole now? Please, feel free. So, anyway, I'm on the cusp of two rabbit holes here. One, with the Son of Sorrow records, I'm kind of feeling like going down a gothic metal uh, hole and just kind of following down that, that you know, you know, seeing where that goes. Like, putting putting the band him on Spotify and then going to see what they suggest otherwise from them. You, um, I've done that. And that dude, you're going to be in for a lot of really good shit. I, I guarantee it. Yeah, I, I'm sure. But the thing is on the opposite end, this coming Monday, I'm seeing Guar Napalm death. Mm. And I kind of want to go down that rabbit hole. Well, at least the Napalm death rabbit hole can be very short. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's like, it's like, I just, I just, dug up with some rocks or something like that you know it's like t- tiny you know like, yeah, the shallow right? hole. yeah you know they, they they have like 15 albums which equals about uh like like four minutes of playtime <laughs> no. but um so i'm kind of on the cusp of those two right now i haven't decided which one because um i was so busy with trying to like catch up on new releases for a change so yeah so let's we'll see where that where, where the next two weeks takes me. So here's um, a question for you: How how when you're torn between something like that, how do you choose? Um, I have a carnival wheel. Ah, yes, you do. I remember that. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 how I decide what to do, and I have no idea what to do. I'm like, okay, you just decide for me, fate. Ah! 
And they're like, it's I don't actually, like that. Do it again. <laughs> it's actually right up here, like, by my desk, though. <laughs> um, awesome. But anyway, that that's pretty much the, the the rabbit holes that I'm dancing around. I'm not sure which one I want to, I want to pursue. Um, uh-huh. But let's go on to the two new segments that I wrote in. I don't have anything for for today, but I wrote in two new segments, one of which is Legacy of the Beast. And that is going to be in the future my progress in the mobile game Legacy of the Beast. Awesome, because we had talked about that on previous podcasts, so that's going to be a thing. Yes, and we're going to make that a section. I'm going to try to play a little bit of it, you know, during in between the podcasts and talk about what I'm seeing, what I'm finding, and awesome. I'm enjoying it. That's um, cool. And then next segment, um, a little light reading, kind of obvious. Um, a lot of the books that I have, a lot of the books that I want are music biographies. Um, at this time, I I don't have one in my um, in my pile of, of what I should be actively reading. But pretty soon I will be picking one from my pile and, and reading through it. And I will talk about it as I go on and give a little, give a little you know, my, my two cents. Especially on the ones that are like the history of heavy metal. You know, and see how they kind of vary between um, between authors, pretty much between, how they see yeah, the, the between authors, and, yeah, between authors and whatnot. So, um, because right now I'm reading a I'm reading a, a book on uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, which obviously plays into um, my job. So yeah, yeah, and I'm reading the Lord of the Rings again. So yeah, so but the, like. I mean, I'll, I'll probably mention what I'm reading at the time while you do this. Um, it's probably not going to be music uh, music biographies for a while, only because I have. Well, that actually that depends. I I'm still up in the air about how I'm approaching my my reading going forward, because I still have to finish. I'm reading The Queen's Gambit, which I started like six months ago. It feels like, and I just haven't finished it. Um, but you got me um, the Nurgle book uh, for my birthday this year, and I'm like, oh man. I need to read that because I read like the like the synopsis of it. And I read like the first couple pages, and it's already really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to I just want to hear like things from his perspective because he's such an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, I still haven't finished the Metallica one that you got me from. <laughs> like that's just taking me forever. Um, and, well, that's and a stuff like that. What's that? That's a pretty big book, though. Yeah, that was that's a that's a that's a that's a thicken that's a thicken one. And the thing is, like, it's like it's very it's not like very small print but it's kind of small print where like his paragraphs seem like they go on forever yeah and i'm not a hundred percent a fan of this of that particular writer's writing style um so it's, it's making it a little bit of a drag gotcha. so you know you'll 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 find out because he's the same guy who did the do one. Oh yeah 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 well so, actually Dio, dios was supposed to be uh autobiography all right well he's the one that helped wendy dio finish it Okay, well, we'll, yeah, we'll see. About Mike that. Mike Wall, I think, is his name. Mick McWall. Mick Wall. Mick Wall. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you'll find out later on. Um, you yeah. Know, if you had if you had that much input in it, you you'll be like, oh man, it, this goes on a little bit. Yeah. So. And so that uh, those are the two new sections that I was uh, I added for for the sake of the future shows. Um, And this takes us to commercial break number three. 
For those of you that love that doom stoner genre of rock and roll and heavy metal, make your way over to the Cosmic Peddler, selling CDs, cassettes, and of course plenty of vinyl from the best artists on labels such as Fotherama Records, Cosmic Artifacts, and Stoner Witch Records, among many others. Head over to thecosmicpeddler.com now. All right, so let's go on to concert news. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So from the comfort of your home. So, again, I was considering getting rid of this one, and they've just been coming back up again. So Hailstorm has announced a one-night-only stream concert on December 23rd. Tickets for the Happy Hailidays. Yeah, Hailidays. Concert stream. Uh, which was recorded in September at the uh, Brown Country Music Center in Nashville, Indiana. Uh, they are available now. I got, I got a groan for that title. Yeah, I know. I know. That's that's one of my favorite things about that podcast I was mentioning to you uh, because it's Dune and uh, the host, H, does an intro. And then right before they get into the, the meat of the, of the actual uh, show, he yeah. says, and now without further ado, and I'm like, oh, this is great. By the way, I saw oh. something. I saw something earlier today, and it was a uh, it was you know like a sculptured uh, head uh, of a of a um, I guess a, a a Greek of some kind, and his name was Chrysippus. And apparently, this character, this individual, died laughing at their own jokes. <laughs> this is my guy. And I said, that's why he's got that name. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. That's, that's gonna what's happen. Up. You're gonna be like one of the fucking weasels in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Laughed myself to death. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. All right, last but not least here for the comfort of Clutch have announced the fourth installment of their live stream series live from the Doom Saloon. Set to take place on Friday, November 26th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard... No, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, which is 8 p.m. on Eastern Coast, whatever. Uh, And it's live from the band's rehearsal space. Live from the Doom Saloon Volume 4 will feature a special set list of old songs, deep cuts, and classics, uh, and some brand new shit. Ticket holders will be able to rewatch the show on demand until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, November 28th. Tickets and merch bundles are on sale now from www.clutchmerch.com with proceeds benefiting the Lustgarten Foundation Pancreatic Cancer Research. I don't know why they... I, I, I don't know why they just don't leave it at special set list because it's like old songs, deep cuts, some classics, and something brand new. Those are the four things. Those are the only four things you can play. Just say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all you need. Covers. You can do covers. You can do covers. Okay, so five. <laughs> Still, all all covered under special set list. The end. <laughs> oh man, you just take the fun out of life, don't you? <laughs> life is my pet. Then, then again, also, it's like it's definitely a cut and paste job, as always, with these things here. Yeah, All right. So, festivals, festival news here. Uh, Green Day, Nine Inch Nails, and My Morning Jacket will headline Shaky Knees Music Festival's ninth edition, set to take place 
April 29th through May 1st, uh, 2022 at Central Park in downtown Atlanta. The impressive lineup features over 50 bands on four stages. So I have the article here pulled up. I wanted to see uh, who else was playing this show. So yeah. on Friday, uh, Green Day's headlining the, the, the night with uh, Billy Idol. Um, uh, that's really about it for who... Oh, Spoon? Spoon? What? No, Sponge is the one I know of, not Spoon. Okay, so I'm not, I, I'm not sure who that is. Um, not too many, not too many other names that are I'm familiar with this one. Uh, Saturday's headline by uh, Nine Inch Nails with Churches, King Gizzard, and the Lizard Wizard, which is just a great name. Um, and that's about it that we would recognize from them. Uh, and then Sunday is My Morning Jacket. They got Death Cab for Cutie and Biffy Clyro on that on that bill. So yeah, that sounds like a pass to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. All right, but we do have some touring news here. We do have some touring news here. Uh, X-Hoarder will return to the road later this month on a U.S. headlining tour. The journey runs from November 24th through December 19th, and we'll see the band performing its classic 1990 debut, Slaughter in the Vatican, in its entirety. I need to become familiar with them. Same, same, same. I need to follow up on that as well. Uh, here's a copy and paste warning. I actually specifically put that in here. Yeah, I can see it. All right, the tour that would not stay dead is back for revenge. Oh, for fuck's sake. Disciple Magazine's now decade-long Disciple Magazine tour. Decibel. Returns. Decibel, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Decibel. My God. I can't even read. Anyway, it returns this January with a bloodthirsty co-headlining bill starring Tampa Bay death metal legends obituary and Richmond thrash metal heroes municipal waste in a killer double feature. Tour support comes from Arizona Desert Death Crushers, Gate Creeper, and Virginia Crossover Death Thrash Battalion Enforced. Special guests, hardcore-infused death dealers, Spirit World will provide will perform on select dates on um, to around oh to round out the barbarous bill. Who do they just like? They they have to have a board of words and they just start <laughs> it's, it. it's it's a carnival circle, buddy. It's a carnival circle. Circle. You've seen the episode of uh, of. South Park, where they talk about how Family Guy gets written. Yes. Or, and, and it's basically just a bunch of manatees or, or whatever with, like, like beach balls and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that's how these things get written, with these, with these ridiculous, over-the-top words. Yes. Yes, and that, that's exactly what it is. It's over-the-top words. And it sounds made up. It sounds made up. It's like, what? Who the, what? What? Like, like, man, I'm not even that fucking pompous. <laughs> that, that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. All right. Mammoth, WVH, and Dirty Honey are joining forces to bring their high-octane rock and roll out on a 30-day co-headlining North American tour. The Young Guns tour begins on January 21st, and we'll see the bands alternating the closing slot. There is a San Antonio date, 
February 15th at the Aztec for mm-hmm. us San Antonio people. Alice Cooper will be back on the road again in 2022, starting in Cincinnati on January 28th and February 8th in Orlando at the Hard Rock Live. He will then headline the Monster Rock Cruise on February 9th through the 14th. So, 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 when is it? When are they coming to uh, Texas? Never. God damn it. As far as I know, I only think that one coming to the Big Three. What? You know who is coming to Texas? This next gentleman right here. Yeah. Iron Maiden singer Bruce Dickinson will embark on a two-month North American spoken word tour in January, coming to Austin in February. Who's going to that? This guy. Noise. It's one of those things that's during the week, though, so I will not be attending. <laughs> Who has flexibility in the schedule? This guy. Yeah. All right, Machine Head and Amana Marth are teaming up for a colossal co-headlining Vikings and Lionhearts oh. Arena Tour set to rampage across Europe in September and October of 2022. Joining the metallic pairing to open the show are The Halo Effect, which is a brand-new band featuring live five luminaries of Swedish melodic death metal and former members of In Flames, which we had talked about on a previous podcast, actually. So, yes, yeah. we had. Due to overwhelming demand, Ministry has added 13 new dates to its spring 2020 tour, uh, 2022 tour that will kick off on March 2nd and run through April 18th. I know they're coming to, to San Antonio, or at least Austin. Yeah, I think they're. I think that's uh, that's one of the tours that's coming to the big three. So it's like Austin, Houston, and Dallas. Yeah. Killswitch Engage have announced their rescheduled headline tour for winter of 2022. The Atonement Tour makes its return with the same powerful lineup, which also includes August Burns Red as main support and Light the Torch as the opening act, which is awesome because Light the Torch is Howard Jones, and Howard Jones did a duet with Jesse Leach on the new album. So you can almost guarantee that they will be performing that one live. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Van Fleet has announced the Dreams in Gold Tour, which kicks off on March 10th, with the band making a triumphant return to their original stomping grounds in Michigan for a string of arena shows, followed by Midwest dates and international shows in Mexico and Europe. Rival Sons and the Velveteers will support the North American shows. Cool. Fozzy will embark on the spring 2022 leg of its Save the World Tour in late March. Support on the trek, which is scheduled to kick off on March 31st in Detroit, Michigan, and conclude on May 16th in Saugat, Illinois, will come from GFM, Crash Karma, and the Nocturnal Affair. San Antonio date, April 30th at the Rockbox. Yeah, I'll probably go to that. Yeah. Yeah, Fozzie's cool. I like Chris Jericho, so anything he does is is, is good. All right, we got some one-offs here. One-offs. So on Saturday, December 4th, Iron Maiden drummer Nico McBrain will perform a set of Iron Maiden classics with Titanium Tart at the 12th anniversary celebration of Rock and Roll Ribs, the barbecue restaurant owned by McBrain and close friend Mitch Tane, or Tan? Tan, in uh, Coral Springs, Florida. Also appearing at the event will be Made of Metal, Kin Lin, Angels of War, Children of the Grave, and School of Rock. Um, by the way, um, for for those who haven't seen our episode of uh, Red Shack Tried, where we tried uh, that barbecue sauce that um, 
is sold by the store, it's no longer available. So oh, I'm glad we bought it. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah, and I remember it being quite good too. So yeah, for sure. I still have it too. All right, former death members will commemorate the 20th anniversary of the passing of the band's mastermind Chuck Schullender uh, by playing two special shows in Florida next month. I believe we already talked about one, but we're going to cover that one again. And there was another one added, which is separate from this. So James Murphy on guitar and Terry Butler on bass will perform Death's classic third album, Spiritual Healing, from 1990 in its entirety under the Living Monstrosity banner, while Steve DiGiorio on bass, Bobby Colville on guitar, and Kelly Conlon on bass will join forces at Symbolic to play songs from Human, Individual thought patterns, symbolic, and the sound of perseverance. These are two separate shows happening. I mean, people love themselves from death. I mean, we did we did the ten word review on death, didn't we? I mean, it was it was great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we just went like, dude, this album rocks. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like one of those things where it was like coming late to the fucking party. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like yeah, holy shit. Yeah, we we came we came after everyone was trashed and like there was like already dudes like like passed out. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but that that yeah, they're fucking wonderful. God damn it. Um, so passing uh this past week or last week, Trivium opened up for Metallica at their quote intimate concert on Thursday, November fourth at the Hard Rock Live at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Cal- uh, Hollywood, Florida. Sorry. Well, that that must have been a fucking badass show. Right on. And last but not least, here, Allison Chains guitarist vocalist Jerry Cantrell will celebrate the release of his new solo album, Brighton, with an intimate question and answer session, storytelling, and acoustic performance at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles, California, on Thursday, November 18th. Cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we come up to our section now called I Saw the Show. Uh, Dan, you didn't just see a show, but you actually co-produced it. I, I co-promoted the show, um, and it's hopefully going to be the first of many that I do, um, that I, I intend to make the new year. I, I intend to make next year the year of the Shred Shack. <laughs> the, 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 year, the year of the Shred Shack, Dan. Yeah, yeah I know. This year was supposed to be, but uh didn't, didn't exactly work out that way. Anyway, um, so... Um, I was given the opportunity to be uh, a co-promoter for a show here in San Antonio for a handful of local acts. Um, we put together four of them, uh, which were The Broken Page, Dragging the Depths, Sidewinder, and Trejo. Um, unfortunately, on the day of, um, the band Trejo had to, uh, had to step off um, due to a, a passing in the family. Um, oh, so. Bummer. So the show ended up being Dragging the Depths, um, which I had wanted to see two weeks ago, um, but there was there were problems with the um, <clears throat> the sound setup, and they couldn't they didn't, they didn't get to play. So I didn't get to so I didn't even know what they sounded like before this show, um, but it was uh it was some pretty interesting um you know like rock kind of bordering on the metal a little bit of the uh a little, a little bit on the experimental side i felt um but it was definitely good um the sidewinder is kind of um kind of got a classic rock sound 
and mm-hmm. they are fronted by uh, Raul Garcia, who is also the singer of Byfist. That's what I was going to say. I, I know the name Sidewinder, so uh, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen them, though, right? I mean, I've only seen Byfist. Have... I remember them being fucking incredible. Yeah, you haven't you haven't seen Sidewinder. I've seen them. This is my third time seeing them, I think. And and they're just a, they're a really good just rock band, you know. Um, they they they're definitely like they're 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 much better live than the their uh, than their studio material sa- uh, allows for. Um, and like they um, of course the, the, there's one particular track they play that is my favorite by them. So. Um, so I'm glad they I'm glad they played that show. It was their first time playing a show in two years. Um, oh shit! Wow. So yeah, that's it, it, it was kind of a special thing. So it was, it was great to see. Um, and then uh, last uh band was the Broken Page, um, another hard rock band from here in uh San Antonio, and um, I had again another band that I had not heard of, but I heard good things about, um, and they were excellent. Um, now I was with Lindsay at the time, so I couldn't stick around and get the, um, I couldn't stick around for their meet and greet after the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get all of the, their autographs uh, for my poster, which is now hanging up in the line of sight for, um, for future videos. So anytime, anytime I, I film in front of my podium, that, that poster is going to be there. Nice. Um, but it was it was definitely I felt ultimately a success. Um, I felt pretty good about it. Um, I I bought a book uh, about how um, you know some some guiding tools on how to be uh, a prom- a promoter in music. Um, so I'm hoping to do more of this uh, next year and help kind of get us into a a, a new a new realm of of the music scene particularly down here and go go from there so awesome so hopefully it's the first of many we shall see how it goes um only downside of that night i didn't sell a damn thing (laughs) (laughs) nobody bought any shirts or anything so i got a lot of shirts so people if you want a shirt i've i've said it many times 15 bucks for small medium large and extra large or 20 bucks for 2xl 3xl and 4xl if you are outside of the San Antonio area, five bucks for shipping. Or if you are outside of the U.S., eight. And I will ship worldwide. Just buy our shit. I also have pins and uh, bumper stickers. So that is the show that I I co-promoted. And like I said, it felt like it felt like a success. Um, and it's quite cool to be able to look at the wall. Like, I, I always find small things to be very appealing to me. Um, I actually I actually saw on my Facebook today there was a uh, memory, and it says, small things tend to catch my fancy. And it was me making $3 off of one of my What Culture articles from years ago. <laughs> Was it the Lulu one? I don't even know which one it was. I don't. I don't know what article it was. But I made three dollars off of it, and I said small things like that get me going. And then, like you know, after after that, there was um, our logo appearing on a bunch of uh, of posters. You know, especially at shows for for Fitzgeralds. 
Um, and then now on my wall is the poster for the show, which I made. So yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, that's cool. Like I made that. Like I, 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 I'm so entertained by that. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I, I get it. Trust me, I, I fucking get it. So hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's like it's like when you're in a band and you record something and you listen to it and nothing else for like months on end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still it's so funny because I I still go back and listen to like my old demos. I'm like, man, that was some fun shit. That was yeah. some fun shit. Yeah, you know, th- th- those were the those were the days. <laughs> Get all old man on you. I remember when I was in the band. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's that's it for I saw a show. Like I said, I'm seeing Guar, Napalm Death, and I Hate God on Monday. Uh, so I'm gonna have a uh, adventure because I'm taking a bus to Houston and taking the bus home the following day. I will probably live tweet my experiences. Hopefully, I do not get covered in fake blood because I've been talking about um, I've been talking to like some of my clients, and you know I tell I tell them like I won't be around Monday Tuesday. I'm going to this show. And people who are familiar with the band from, are familiar with the shtick. And I'm like, I don't want to walk around downtown Houston covered in fake blood because that would be very problematic. Very problematic, especially because you don't have a car. You can't get around anywhere. You yeah. just walk, you're literally I'm, just walking around. I'll walk into a hotel dripping dripping red and being like, can I have my room key, please? <laughs> <laughs> so a little sidebar here is um, – I just saw something that our our friends over at Overkill Radio here they are live right now over at the Vibes Event Center and they are seeing Phil and Selmo and the Illegals and they are performing a vulgar display of Pantera, uh, a selection of Pantera songs right now. So if you have the inkling to go check out the Overkill Radio Facebook page, they are live right now at Vibes Event Center here in San Antonio. Well, I mean, by the time this this by the time this airs, it will. I forgot have... that we're not live right now. I was <laughs> with you. to you personally, Dan. You, you. Yeah, but but yeah, like we 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 have to uh, we have to be very thankful to our 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 hosts over at Overkill Radio for giving us a, another home for our podcast. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Um, uh, and by the way, speaking of which, we still have to take a picture uh, for the bio. Yes, um, yes. So we will get to that. And I apologize to uh, Jake the Ripper for not getting that to you sooner. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, we, we, we procrastinate and delay things a lot if you haven't been following us. <laughs> and one thing that's been kind of mostly consistent this year has been the podcast, but everything else has been like, yeah, well, uh, okay. Uh, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to it. Yeah. Thankfully, this podcast is every two weeks. If it was every week, I think we'd have a problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I would not be able to pull it off considering considering everything else I'm, I'm doing right now. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. Let's move along to the next section. Heavy metal in the charts. Let's talk about charts. All right. Heavy metal in the charts. we got a noteworthy point here. Aerosmith's 1975 album Toys in the Attic has been certified nine times platinum by the RIAA for sales in excess of nine million copies. 
In addition, five of the band's singles have also been certified gold, platinum, and multi-platinum by the RIAA. However, that article did not mention what singles we're talking about, unfortunately. I'm not worried about the singles. I am worried about the the album, which is an excellent album. So Yes, most certainly is. Well-deserved to Aerosmith. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, so here we go. For any new listeners, if there are any out there, um, what we do here is we scroll through the top 200 Billboard charts. Um, I give Dan the top five, and then we mention anything that's even remotely hard rock or heavy metal and Taylor Swift. Uh, The reason we do Taylor Swift is because Dan and I have found a new affection for uh, pop music. We actually get it now. We're not just some closed-minded assholes anymore. Allegedly, um, I will say one thing. Next next time we do this podcast, there's gonna be uh there's gonna be a new version of her album Red because she just dropped it recently. She's she's been re-recording all her albums. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so we keep track of how many our new favorite pop singer Taylor Swift has on the top 200 charts, and I think that the last time we did this podcast, uh, she had seven. Yeah, seven albums in the top 200, which is fucking ridiculous. I think she consistently had seven. Seven out of nine of her albums have been on the on the charts. Yeah, it's it's out of control. She is out of control. Uh, but we are going into this one, and this is for I want to start doing with the dates here. Because I think that's a little confusing. Um, so this is for the week ending November 13th. We're recording this on November 12th, which is the Friday. Um, so we'll see how things go. And I, I did a quick scan uh, earlier today, and there mm-hmm. are definitely some surprises in here. You're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. Check this out. All right. So we always go through the top five, no matter what they are. We talk top, we we go through the top five. So the number yep. one album is Equals, the new album by Ed Sheer, Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Yep. Don't care. Yeah, well, his last his last album, I think, was called Divide or something like that. Um, so yeah, he's just going through the whole fucking mathematical equation thing. So we'll see what happens. Algebra. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Good. Maybe he gets to the Pythagorean theorem soon, and maybe Riemann's sum is next. Who knows? Uh, anyway, width equals height. I know it's not. <laughs> yeah. E- either way, either way. Ed Sheeran, new album, number one. The next album at number two is Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Number three is Morgan Wallen, Dangerous, the double album, coming back. Fuck he, that was guy. A little, he was a little lower uh, a couple weeks ago, but he's making the comeback. He's at the number three spot now. Number five, uh, number four, I'm sorry, number four is Planet Her by Doja Cat. And number five is the new album from Megan The Stallion, Something for the Hotties. From the archives, um, number five, her new record. And I, now, I have no idea what to make of that. And now we, now we scroll, we scroll, we scroll. All right, number thirteen is a new album. It's Dave's Picks, Volume Forty, uh, from the Grateful Dead. So this is another Grateful Dead live record. Just turning them out, turn them out. Yeah, making them rain. Grateful Dead live albums. Seriously. Oh, here's a good one. Number 20 is the album Hushed and Grim by Mastodon. Number 20. Excellent. Debut. Yes, sir. All right. And now Thriller is at number 25. 
Um, that's a pretty significant jump here uh, from 65. Uh, we can imagine that this has to do with Halloween. True. Yes, did not think of that, but true. Yeah. So with Macedon's Hush and Grimby at number 20 on the album, that is so the normal number one charts, Queen's Greatest Hits, is at number 27 on the Billboard Top 200. Wow. Yep, it's actually on the on the rise again. Uh, it was at number 38 last week, so it's uh, it's up there again. All right, here's the first one for our girl Taylor Swift, Folklore, at number 31. First record for Miss Taylor Swift on the top 200. Not a surprise here, also probably due to a Halloween. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack is at number 36, up from 102. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack, not a surprise. Um, you know, yeah, great soundtrack. Fucking Danny Elfman kills it every time he does something. Yeah. All right, the Lockdown Sessions by Elton John. Not sure what this is about, but it's only been on the week charts for two weeks, so this is relatively new. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's everything he's done, like, like I feel like duets um, in the last, like, year and a half, two years, pretty much. Okay. Okay. I think because like the, the the version of nothing else matters is on there and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay, and I got you. And th- things like that are are on there. All right, so that that peaked at number ten last week. I guess that's when it debuted on the charts. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that number forty one now? Number forty one. All right, number two for Taylor Swift here is her album Evermore. Is at number forty four. So that's two in the top two hundred for Miss Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. We got Chronicle, the 20 greatest hits of Credence Clearwater Revival at number 48. Okay, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is at number 55. Diamonds by Elton John is at number 56. Lover by Taylor Swift is at number 61. That's three in the top 200 for Miss Taylor Swift. Machine Gun Kelly's album is at number 63. Balls to that. Yeah, balls to that. Not a fan. Kissing that shit. Not a fan. Okay. We are scrolling again still. All right, we got Fearless, Taylor's version at 77. Miss Taylor Swift has four in the top 200. Back in Black, ACDC is at number 78. The Essential Michael Jackson is at number 79. Beatles, Let It Be soundtrack. Not sure why it's a soundtrack, but it's at 84. Number, number five for Miss Taylor Swift is at 1989, which is at 86. 86 for Taylor Swift. That's five for her in the top 100. Not even the top 200. That's 100 out Five of them are Taylor Swift. That means she makes up 5% of our fucking musical intake. <laughs> Not a surprise here. The first al- uh, Christmas album on the charts uh, is a re-entry from Michael Bublé. His Christmas album is re-entering at number 95. Yeah. Boobs. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Metallica is great. Uh, I always say greatest hits, but it's the Black Album, so yeah, it's the greatest hits. Number 97. <laughs> number Metallica's 97. Christmas album. Um, I skipped over by accident. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, their greatest hits at 96. Best of the Bob Marley and the Whalers at number 98. Journey's Greatest Hits is at number 100. At 101, 
is Taylor Swift Red. That's six Our Girl Taylor on the top 200 charts. Tori Amos has a new album out um, called Ocean to Ocean. Yep. And that is debuting on the top 200 at 104. Very nice. I yes. mean, wish it was higher, but still nice. Still, still good. Still good. You know, for a like you know a stalwart in the uh, the music industry, she uh, mm. she still got something in the top 200 charts. Yeah. A uh, new album from the Pentatonics called Evergreen is debuting at 109 on the charts. I'm assuming that's probably another Christmas record. Oh boy. All right, Guns N' Roses Greatest Hits is at number 114. Uh, let's see. Where is the one that was really surprising? Where did that? Anyway, Abbey Road by the Beatles is at number 29. The very best of Nickel. Blah, blah, blah. Joe Bonamassa has a new album out called Time Fox. It debuts at number 136. Nirvana's Nevermind is at number 137. The all-time greatest hits of Leonard Skinner's at 141. Here is a surprise. At 143 as a re-entry is a Pink Floyd record. What do you think it is? Well, if it's a surprise, it's not going to be Dark Side of the Moon or the Wall. Nope. Wish you were here. A momentary lapse of reason. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is the... What? 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 <laughs> oh. and this most this most definitely is a moment. What? <laughs> I think I can't imagine how. Right? Like what? I like I I when I was scrolling through this earlier, I was like, where the fuck did that come from? Holy shit. Oh man, that was, that caught me off guard. That threw me off completely. Yeah. All right, but we're still scrolling here. Oh, here we go. Number one fifty-five is the new album from Limp Biscuit, which still sucks. <laughs> no, it, it, it's not even a matter of still sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. God damn it! That I, I can't believe I fucking subjected myself to that piece of shit. Anyway, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, their greatest is 58. Um, here we go, another Christmas record. We can probably assume there's going to be a few more of these coming up in the next couple of weeks, especially my Mariah Carey. But this one is one I actually like, and that is the Charlie Brown Christmas by the Vince Garardi, uh, Garaldi Trio at 159. That time of year again. Hotel California by the Eagles at 164. At 165 is the seventh album for Miss Taylor Swift, Reputation. That is her seventh album in the top 200. And a re-entry from Stevie Wonder, the Definitive Collection. The greatest hits of Stevie Wonder is a re-entry at 169. Okay. Uh, the Black Veil Brides had a new album, which I was... Um, it debuts at number 176, and the album is titled The Phantom Tomorrow. Meh. Meh. Here's another surprise. A, a re-entry from Michael Jackson, okay? Can you guess which album it is? Well, again, 
if if you're if you're asking me, then it can't be something that's big, so it can't be bad. It's not bad. Thriller's already up there. Thriller's already up there. I'm gonna say dangerous. Scream. He has an album called Scream. Yeah, that's the one that he did the duet with his sister Janet. I think that was actually the title track was Scream. I didn't realize he had uh, the album was called Scream. Wow. Well, there you go. That's I mean that's again a surprise re-entry for Michael Jackson's Scream at 179. Well, shit. I guess classic rock radio stations must be pulling from different shit. Finally. Somebody's somebody's playing something. All right, so another re-entry here, and this one's been on and off at charts for a while. Um, is the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance a re-entry at number one eighty-two? People are getting nostalgic. I mean, but they've been getting nostalgic back and forth for a while. Yeah. Um, the Beatles won. Their greatest hits record is at number 190. 190 for Beatles won. The Essential Billy Joel is at 193. Devil's Got a New Disguise. The Very Best Aerosmith is at 195. Holy shit. Number eight for Miss Taylor Swift. Speak Now. Number eight is a re-entry at 197. Wow. So that's number eight for Taylor Swift. And we always do the top, the number 200, no matter what it is. But this one's cool because it's a re-entry of Welcome to Horrorwood, The Silver Scream 2 by Ice Nine Kills. Very nice. Halloween for sure. Halloween for sure. Because it was on the charts real quick at number 18. It was off the charts. And now it's back on the charts because of Halloween at number 200. Closing out the Billboard 200 charts. Very cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very cool. All right. Now this time, do not close your laptop. Or... I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> do not. Do not fuck it up this time. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. <laughs> okay. So um, last time we had discussed, um, or well, I had come up with the idea of for a discussion, um, and that was pick what era of metal you would want to have been around for and by saying that i mean like like what era of metal like the birth of which you would want to be around for uh-huh and i'm gonna let you start um because <laughs> me being myself i completely forgot that i came up with this idea and um i i still have an answer but i'm gonna let you go first because i'm sure you thought of it <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think is I had like an answer. I had one answer, like immediately uh, as soon as you brought this up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, like I kind of have two. All right, uh, I'll go with my immediate answer first. The immediate answer was the 1980s thrash fucking scene in San Francisco, um, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why specifically. It's it, it has it, it has a lot to do with the music, of course. But I think I think what it has more to do with is the fucking tape trading scene like that is for me like that is so fucking cool like how people traded tapes to to spread the word on bands like that that is so fucking organic and fucking and a lot of ground swell like just that particular part of the scene is so fucking cool to me like whenever Mm -hmm. i read about it i get like i get jealous that i wasn't part of it like we had like something similar to that in our generation where mix cds and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I, it, it just didn't have the same impact that the tape trading scene in San Francisco during the thrash scene 
had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to me, that is just the coolest fucking thing. But aside from that part of the scene, of course, just the invention of one of my favorite types of it ever. Um, to be around for, like, when, like, Metallic was coming of age, or, like, when fucking Anthrax on the East Coast was coming of age, and all those fucking bands, Slayer, fucking, um, you know, Exodus and Testament, all those bands in, the, in that particular time period, and just the camaraderie that you in that, like, they, the guys were, su- were super cool with each other, they were, they were playing shows together, um, like, I think there was one particular show that Anthrax talks about on the Jericho podcast where, like, three or four different bands got signed on the same fucking night because they all played the one show with these record producers there. Like, just the the, the ferocity of the scene, something new, um, just uh, just everything about that particular that particular scene in that particular area, in that particular time frame, just sounds so cool to be a part of. You know, it was almost like kind of like they literally wore it on their fucking sleeves with the fucking the, the battle vest and shit like that. Like, just awesome. Awesome. I, I can go with that, especially the tape trading aspect of it. So, yeah, I mean, like we said, when you first when you first mentioned that, that was the, the first and most immediate thing that popped into my head was mm-hmm. just the tape trading scene. OK. Did, what was your second one? The second one, I think it's it's going to be like the like kind of like the era of the birth of heavy metal. So we're talking like the late '60s, early '70s, um, with bands coming uh, coming up like, of course, Black Sabbath. Uh, we, of course, we talked about being in the room when they recorded album Black Sabbath. Um, Led Zeppelin. Um, I think it's like I think I think that that particular era was not it. It's because it's the beginning of heavy metal. It wasn't something that was so defined that everybody was still kind of experimenting, and nothing was like kind of locked into a particular type of genre. Like you could still do a bunch of acoustic shit, and it was still considered hard rock or heavy metal because no one knew what the fuck hard rock or heavy metal was at the time. You know, there was still a lot of fucking, um, like I said, experimentation and openness and people really going after it like really just trying shit out and seeing what's stuck and the thing is like again we talked about how some some of those albums some of those songs are so timeless that they still sound like they could be produced they could they were produced yesterday instead of 50 years ago so i think to be around for that sort of thing the the, the coming up of something so new and so radical at the time would be so fucking cool yeah um, I'm going to continue that thought because that that is the time frame I would have liked to be around for, but for slightly different reasons. Okay. So, you know, I, I go to a lot of live shows and everything, and I think about the way that I've read about um, the, the you know bands like Black Sabbath. I, I always go back to Black Sabbath, um, one of the greatest bands of all time. And, you know, when you read about their past and how they kind of built their groundswell and whatnot, it talks about how they would do, like, they would play bingo halls, you know? Mm, they, would, mm. they, they would play all these unusual places, but they would play, like, two to three shows a day. And they would play multiple nights a week to build up a reputation. Yeah, yeah. And I think about, I think about you know, the kind of things that, 
bands went through way back when because this is back when you know like they they came from they came from an industrial town you know and shit wasn't necessarily the you know shit wasn't necessarily the greatest for them um but you know they they sit there and they 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 had the passion and they worked their asses off for the music whereas like you know like i i i think of how things are now and you have to like really fight for an audience because it sounds like as much as people are are making music there's not enough people out there looking for the music and a lot of people aren't putting i feel like enough effort into into building their brand into building mm-hmm. their 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 band or, or or their their band and their brand you know like you hear about local acts who play like shows once every few months um you know not not ones that are are like well known but like they're trying they're trying to build up themselves and they they only play so often um it's like you know bands really really had to scrape hard uh way back when and and, and really push it to the limit to get themselves out there mm-hmm. um, and like i know that um black sabbath eventually uh, like beat out a, a record for the uh previously set by the beatles at, at one of the clubs in the in england you know so they were like they were really just just sitting there plugging away and plugging away and plugging away stuff that can't be done nowadays considering the fact of the way of of like everyone needs to have you know um finances and needs to have a job and all this kind of stuff like things get in the way of life now that like it was so different back then mm-hmm. um Another thing that I, I found so interesting, I, I find so interesting, is that like you didn't have like the the, the regular rigs and setups and and everything. You didn't have this. You didn't have a soundstage. You set up your amplifier and you just played. Like you didn't do sound. You didn't do like a really legitimate full on sound check. You just turned it on and played. Yeah, yeah. And and like I think about that in the form of big festivals. So I'm talking like from sixty-eight to like seventy-five, you know, big ass festivals, and all you pretty much had was like how you can just get your your sound loud enough to everyone to hear. Uh-huh. You know, I just I just think about like shit like that in in the time. And everyone just, just vibing to it because it's it's music. It just it's a, it was a it was a much different time, and I would have loved to have just seen how things were back then, you know. Oh yeah, I agree. And um, to your to that point, um, they make a there, there's a big part of the um, the Rush documentary that talks a lot about that particular part of the uh, the time. Um, so, like what they're talking about is how um, back in the day, you didn't just go on like one tour. And that was it. You kind of hooked up from tour to tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Rush was from Canada, so they come to America. Maybe they would tour with Kiss for like a month or two, and then they'd be kind of like, all right, well, let's jump on with the tour with Ted Nugent now, and let's jump on the tour with like fucking Blue Oyster Cult now, and stuff like that. Like they yeah. just didn't know. And the thing is, they never knew whether those opportunities were going to come up until they came up. And they they're just living on the road, and they were doing like um like rotations of um you know driving rotations because they're driving around in a fucking van and not like a tour bus. They were doing sleeping rotations in the hotel rooms, and they were just and then they would just go from tour to tour to tour. 
And then their manager, Cliff Bernstein, who also happens to manage Metallica, got on there. And he mentioned that, like, not only that, but the thing is, like, while they were touring, they were write the record, come off tour, record the record, go back on tour. And they would do, like, they would do, like, an album almost every year to two years. Uh, and that's just absolutely unheard of now, you yeah. know? And, like, that's, that like, just the whole, the, the productivity of it of mm-hmm. back in the day. And the fucking and again the workmanship that went into it, like the fucking just the the workhorse effort that they had to put into like doing these things to get the, their name out there and get the fucking groundswell, like you said. And yeah. like what they talked about in that Rush documentary is like, like when they were going on tour, they go play a place and like maybe they were playing opening act at the theater, but when they came back like later that year, they were the headliners of the stadium or like the the like the arena. Like that's that's just the the work that I had to put in for that sort of success. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, nowadays the kind of work you have to put in is, is is slightly different. Like because now you have to find a way to 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 get yourself um, recognized. You have to you have to find a way to separate yourself from from everything else. Whereas then, at that time, like all of this was was new, as you said, it was experimental time. Mm-hmm. But you know, there there were like you know, there's a lot of advantage advantages and disadvantages that 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 period of time had, and that this current period of time has, and like they they vary so much, uh, they 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 differ so much, but like they still have a lot of the same. Um, they still have like an equal amount of problems, but just very different problems. Um, because like, you know, bands nowadays, you know, they they'll, they'll play to like three people, and they're they, they may be the most fantastic band out there, but like they'll play to three people, and 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 no one's no one's paying enough attention to it. Whereas you know, they 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 they. they Fifty years ago, they could have been playing these these multiple shows and 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 doing and and churning it out, you know, in front of like crowds that actually probably didn't care. But it's just, um, it is it's it was just it would just be a very interesting time for me to see. I I, I don't have I, I I don't know how else to word it. I I think like again like because we're talking about that era, the music industry was still very brand new. It was it wasn't an industry yet. It was still very much based on music, almost based on music alone. Like it went from like like the fifties rock and roll and stuff like that to the psychedelic era to this fucking boom of fucking new and exciting stuff. Mm. And and just the expansion of that, and then a, you know the same thing as like when we talk about technology and stuff like that. Like nowadays, it's it all sounds great. Like that's that era in the seventies, like late sixties, early seventies, like that stuff still sounds so fucking good. It yeah. feels like it feels like shit just kind of peaked and then plateaued for the rest of time. Let, you know? let, let me amend what, what what you said there as far as the record the record industry and everything like that. I think the industry was always there. But music was always ahead of the industry until a certain point, and now the industry is ahead of the music. I, okay, you know what? One, I can agree with you there. That's a very good dist- distinction. Very good. 
Yeah, because because like you know, like music like the, the it was always the record companies chasing after the ne- the next big thing. Now the next big thing is produced by the industry. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, I got you now. For yeah, sure. and that and that, that that doesn't necessarily include metal, but obviously metal is not necessarily the commercial thing it was in the eighties. Yeah, um, but um, but you know what's what's pushed out there to the public masses is much more produced by the industry now than than them trying to catch up to the next big thing. So, what do you think was the last organic next big thing that was not produced by the industry but actually came from Groundswell? What do you think that last movement was? You know, I, 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 I really don't, I really don't know. I, I have one. Okay. It's grunge. It's grunge. It's grunge. Grunge was the last thing that was so, so underground until it wasn't. Like that was, I think, the last thing that was so organic and so ahead of its time that. Like it became the it, like it became the next big thing organically. And then of, of course the industry took it over and it became the watered down version that it, it, it turned out to be, just like everything else. Uh, but I but in my opinion, the last true groundswell organic movement before the industry got a hold of it was grunge. I can see that. I can see that in 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 one sense, because um, because I I, I want to sit here and argue that the new metal scene was was <clears throat> was fairly authentic, but it's it's seen it's, that would have, new metal would have been my second choice. It would have been my second choice. Yeah, it's it, it just it 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 it's. Its seeds were much different. That like the seeds of the seeds of new metal like didn't expect to bear the fruit that it did. Like a lot of the new metal bands find their find their um, their uh, influence in artists like Faith No More and whatnot. And Faith No More were just you know they were their own thing. Yeah, and the thing is like the, the thing about new metal is that it was it was very much like grounded. In a an ex- existing style already, they just yeah. added something to it. While I think wh- where I think grunge was something that was originally something very different. Yeah, it was definitely something that was against the grain of what was happening in the scene at the time. It wasn't like you know the hair metal thing was the big thing right then, and it was the biggest thing in music at the moment. And they were just the like the polar fucking opposite of it, you know. And while yeah. while new metal, I think was like it was, it was just kind of like combining two existing styles to make something that was quote unquote new, N E W not N U, um, but it wasn't as organic or original as say like Alice in Chains, orig- like Nirvana, and and like uh, Stone not Stone Temple Pilots so to speak, but like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and uh, yeah. Nirvana. Uh, I, I I can I can go with that then. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's because, it's, because the same thing could be said for like something like the death metal, death metal Florida is like early it's like it's considered one of the the premier metal scenes um of like the, the late 90s early 2000s but the thing is that again that it's also based on something that already existed but put to an extreme yeah well i mean um I, I, yeah i i feel like everything kind of like since everything I, maybe like everything since death metal or so the, the the spawning of death metal and the spawning of black metal has just mm-hmm. been like experimenting putting things together like just trying to like put puzzle pieces together that that may may or may not fit but like you know everyone's just trying to like make something different at this point yeah yeah it's something like i like i think it's a good thing about the there's so many different subgenres of metal that we had talked about time ago is that you get a really good combination of a lot of different uh, some of them work, some of them don't, like you had mentioned, but like just just the fact that there's something still trying, like someone's still trying to make something new while mm-hmm. we're in such an oversaturated thing of like the same shit over and over again yeah. is, is, is relatively refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a strange time to live in, but it's always, I think no matter what, it's always a strange time to live in. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. I can only just, you know, I can only just imagine what's gonna what's gonna happen in the next year or so, you know. For sure. So, but I think that that I think that put a cap on our discussion. Yeah. So, what do you want to do next time? What are we gonna do next time? I just like this album. This album's on blast thing, and I know we did the the, the the blacklist last time. So, is there an album that you want to put on blast? I don't want to. I we well every time we do a new thing, we always do Metallica first, and I think Blacklist uh, is already already Metallica. Yes, um, yes, of course. So we got we got we to come up with something else. We got to come up with some other seminal album and put it on blast, um, or even maybe even a forgotten album. You know, it's not a bad oh. idea. Well, like what, what what comes to mind when you think about that? Like. Uh, Shit, I can't even think of it, you know. Um, I'll, we'll come up with it. Maybe, maybe we'll do a poll or something like that because I, I can't think of something right now. But like, I'm, I'm coming up with ideas, but I'm like, is that going to be good or not? I don't know. Um, so I think we need to discuss this a little bit more, and uh, I think we'll introduce it next time. All right, sounds good. Sounds well. Are we going to introduce it next time, or are we going to do it next time? We're going to do it next time. Okay, but we have to come up with it first. Okay. Yeah, we got to come up with it first, which which I think we'll we'll come up with you know maybe before the weekend's out, and then and then we'll just start getting getting into it. Yeah, I'm like fifty fifty on like a um, a classic record or something like you said, forgotten. Yeah. So, so. we'll we'll All figure right. it out. We'll figure it out. But uh, on that note, we must make our curtain call because uh, Warrior needs food slash sleep badly. And Wizard Always. is, Wizard is um, pretty fucking tired. So, um, yeah. So until next time, I am Dan Mack. And I am Chris Mack. And 
it's fucking Rusev Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, will never, I will never let that die. Uh, and we are the slime.